Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel and our Hellraiser Retrospective Podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to WeirdGeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks. Hello nice. and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel where every single Friday we take you through another horror film in a retrospective franchise. Right now we're doing the Hellraiser films and we are on number six. Number Hellraiser. Six-o. Hellraiser Hellseeker. I'm your host for all, Al White, and joining me on this entire journey is Kate Watson. Hi. And Justin Macaroni Maragonda. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent intro. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. We are past the halfway mark. I am so excited about that. Yeah. Does it feel good? Yeah. That past halfway mark one is, I'm feeling good now. Although good. the horizon's looking bleak. Yeah, we'll see. Eh, it's like, you know, it's kind of just plateauing. We're dealing with Hellraiser Hellseeker, released in 2002. It gets a 5.1 out of 10 on the IMDb's. Mm. Budgeted at $3 million, so it had a whole extra million dollars that nice. the last film. What should it make? Directed by Rick Bota. Butter. Actually, I'll tell you a little bit more about him later. We're going to get into... I've got quite a lot of explanations to this film, which we'll get into in a bit. Uh, he went on to create Harper's Island, the TV show. Did you guys uh, Native. Harper's Island. Ba-da-da-ba-ba. What was weird with Harper's Island... <laughs> that was a TV show. What was weird with Harper's Island was it was basically... You know how Dawson's Creek was Kevin Williamson invented Scream and I Know What He Did Last Summer? Yes. And then he invented Dawson's Creek, which was essentially I Know What He Did Last Summer without the murders. Like, it's exactly, it is yeah. the little fishing town. It is the same group of sort of teens. Yeah. He just took out the murders. And then it's, I know he did last summer. Well, Harper's Island was like Dawson's Creek, but with murders put back into it. Oh. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I know what he did last summer, the TV show. All right. And it's all like this murder mystery. It was pretty bad, but it was slasher TV show. And probably the first, I think it was the first ever slasher TV show. Harper's Island. But he's more known as a DP. Mm. For he did barbed wire. Do you remember that terrible comic book movie with Pamela Anderson, where she gets her boobs out all the oh, time? Oh yeah. Wait, what? She just takes her boobs out? The beginning of it is just her as a stripper hanging from like a swing with rain coming down on her boobs in slow motion for about ten minutes. I just knew of one thing that, or no, actually two. There was the Baywatch, and then she was also like an assassin or spy or something. Probably. Yeah, and I was like, this sucks. Remember this as it came, like, this is really stupid. Oh boy, I suck too, based on a comic book. Mm. He also did DP on, he was doing a bunch of stuff around his time, slasher films. He did Valentine, which actually looked pretty good. It wasn't a great film, but... Valentine! He did House on Haunted Hill, that remake. Nice. Uh, that spooked me pretty badly when I was a kid. Oh, yeah? And also, isn't, like, off of the... What is that? The five by the no the 60 or the 5 and 60 kind of are right there's that giant building that kind of looks like the house on haunted hill oh really oh really like the asylum it looks like i'm like is is that the exterior did they just shoot this building i have not noticed that so you want to go sleep over there nope 
Come yep. on, Justin. I don't know if I could ever revisit that movie. That's where your next birthday party is going to be held. Uh, get down. Me DP'd some of Jericho, that TV show. He DP'd probably the two most visually impressive episodes of The West Wing as well. Um, And he DP'd like 20 episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Which is going to tie into some other things here because we have new writers. We've got Kyle V. Dupree. Um, who Dupree. wrote the Prophecy 3 he wrote Detroit Rock City which is probably his biggest yeah that was the best but he was really known as assistant editor on great films like Leprechaun 2 Ooh. Barbed Wire again <laughs> Mimic uh, the first one with Guillermo del Toro and mm-hmm. Scream 2 and then the other writer on here is Tim Day who was really known for camera and electrical department he worked as like a gaffer and a spark on great films such as the 1994 version of the Fantastic Four, which was never officially released and was just made to hold the licenses. Great. Fantastic Four. And they also worked with him, uh, they worked with Rip Boda on Tales of the Crypt, working in Gaffer Department mm. Museum and things I'm like that. I'm sensing a theme. Mm-hmm. Yep. Music by Stephen Edwards, who's done many things but nothing of note as I trawled through his IMDb. And this one, weirdly, the director, despite being a DP himself, did not DP this. Instead, it's John Drake who did a Canadian slasher I saw once called Ripper 2, Letter from Within. He also did a bunch of Battlestar Galactica. And for note for us, he was a gaffer on Friday the 13th, Part 7, The Ooh. New Blood. Nicely done, boyo. <laughs> I miss Friday the 13th. Too yeah. late, you hear. Uh, we should go back. <laughs> we should watch. We should... Rewatch them. Maybe we learn new things. Well, I have a, a whole new perspective. Did we talk about this? I think I talked about this on the Child's Play one, not on our ones here, did I? An idea I have. Until later. you tell us what you're talking about, we yeah. don't know. Yeah. What we I said have it. For later this year is we're going to get because we have different people on different seasons of this, and then some people crossing over. We're going to get everybody together, and then each team from each podcast is going to pick one film that represents that series. Not necessarily the best or the worst, but just one that they feel like is an epitome. Of that series. So you can't choose any because you're in all the series, by the way. I would have a vote, but we all have a vote, basically. You don't get a vote. (laughs) And then we show it to the people, like, from the other series, if you see what I mean. So, like, Alex and Allison would pick, like, a Friday the 13th one for them. Like, um, whereas Alex and Allison would pick, like, a Child's Play one for you guys. And, you know, go for all of the series like that. So everyone gets to watch one film and then we kind of remark on from that one film if it makes you want to see the whole franchise or not. And we kind of sell, try and sell people. On a if franchise. somebody doesn't want to watch Friday the 13th... Can we just kick them off the podcast forever? Like Lots of people still aren't excited cool. when I told them about Friday the 13th. They're, just like, well, they're stupid. Who yeah. said that? Everybody. Who said the woo-woo-woo-woo? This film, however, we're dealing with Hellseeker. It uh, stars <laughs> Dean Winters. What a name. As Trevor. Uh, Ashley Lawrence is back as Kirsty Cotton Gooden now. She got married. Well, which is weird because Trevor's just down as Trevor in the cast, right. but Ashley now has a second second name, huh. <laughs> as if that must be well, Trevor's also, second name. Well, she also probably, you know, went into hiding. Oh, interesting. Witness protection. You think the second name helps? So she thinks a Pinhead. hyphen is going to keep Pinhead away from her. Yeah, you know, maybe there's a lot of Couldn't people find you on the Googles. So. Yeah. <laughs> and Doug Bradley returning as Pinhead and also as the merchant, apparently. What? Uh, yes. We'll get to it. What? So... Before we get to some history about how this film was made, Katie Watson, can you take us through, please, the 2002 top 20 movies? We start at number 20 in 2002 with The Born Identity. Oh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. New Dawn of Action. 
Doug Lyman, director of Swingers, made that movie. Followed by number 19, coming in with 8 Mile. Sneezer, sweaty, mom, spaghetti. There it spaghetti, is. spaghetti, spaghetti. What a song. That's all. That's all you, you know what you need is to listen to the song, don't watch the movie. Mom, spaghetti. 18, The Ring. Great remake. One of my favorite remakes. Ring. <laughs> 17, one of my favorite animated films of all time, Lilo and Stitch. Gee. Yay. Wine yeah. roller coaster. Lilo and Stitch it's is probably the best Disney. It's my favorite the animated Disney. It's, the best. it's like, I've watched it's it again recently, accurate. and it's like perfect. Yeah. Like, uh, I have some uh, problems later at the end. I think it's perfect. It's perfect. It's my favorite animated Disney movie. He just doesn't like movie. the red head ginger getting beaten up by a Hawaiian kid. Oh, hey, yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> but yeah, there's a few bits. Uh, everything with Lilo and everything with Stitch are fine perfect and her sister. Mm-hmm. There's a few bits I have you with the like alien. The... David's got a nice yeah, David's cool. funny. You smell like a no, 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 cool. <laughs> It's the aliens. I have a couple of pro- There's a couple of scenes I'm like, uh, yeah. with but the also, everything else. Punch the fish. Do you know why it's so important to feed Pudge the Fish? Pudge controls Pudge the, the weather. You know Peanut why? Because their parents, their parents crashed because she didn't feed Pudge and it was rainy and they Dang, died. Yeah. got dark up in here. Yeah. All right. 16, <sighs> Spirited Away. Ooh, oh. the film that broke Ghibli Studios into American mainstream. Yeah. Got Oscar. It won the Oscar, did it? Or was it just nominated that year? I think it won it. Whatever. No, I don't First think it First one I ever saw of Ghibli. Uh, 15, Scooby-Doo. Oh, Jesus. I was yeah. like, what? We got Matthew Lillard yes. and Freddie Prince. Who I thought was the lead in this when it first opened. Because no. <laughs> that's whose profile I saw yeah, in the car. And I was too. like, Matthew Lillard's in this movie? And I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. Then I was like, oh, it's that guy. I was guy. like, Matthew. And then Matthew I went, Lillard. Wing Commander? Yeah. I got really sad right this. away because I thought it was him. Wouldn't it be so much better if Matthew Lillard was so here? So goofy. It would have been so good. Well, I mean, you know, there's 13 Ghosts. He was in 13 Ghosts. He was. Yeah, so he, he can be, do spooky. He can do spooky. Uh, He's got 14. a good spooky face. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> 14 <laughs> is triple X. Oh, we're still getting them somehow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, 13, Austin Powers, gold member. Oh, not getting those anymore. Yeah. 12, Chicago. Chicago. Thank 11, you. Catch Me If You Can. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, it was a good spookbook film. Most people forget about that one. Ten Minority Report, which for some reason keeps coming up recently Did for people. Two Spielberg films show? in one year. I don't. Know. I prefer Catch Me If You Can to Minority Report, actually. Uh, nine. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, hilarious. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Eight. Ice Age. Yeah, the first one was good. It's now easy to roll with your eyes. The first at that one series, was really good. I think. But I at like the time, it. it was good. John Leguizamo. Like, Shrek. like at the time the first one yeah. came out, it was great. Now you're just like, oh, I don't want to see another Shrek again. Yeah. yeah, it feels dated. Uh, seven signs. Oh, great! The water. Yes. Shamalama ding dong. Uh, and six. Gibby song. Die another day. Oh, here's oh. Bras. Bras man. Yeah, I think so. Uh, five men in black two. Oh, can't cheeky with it. Oh, we got a men in black moment in this movie. That we'll get to at the end. Yeah. We'll huh? get there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Something oh, to do okay. with two heads. Oh, of course. Uh, for Star oh. Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Oh, man, oh, you yeah. can listen to our review of that on our Star Wars retrospective podcast on weirdgeeks.com. Go to <laughs> weirdgeeks.com. And you can listen to me and go, clones. So many clones. You went on that podcast. I know, but that's what I'm saying <laughs> right now. Uh, three, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Tell me Sam Raimi's. Sam Raimi's. Wait, the first one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Mm, I prefer the second one. Two, uh, Harry oh, yeah, Potter and the better. Chamber of yeah. Secrets. <gasps> Oh man, so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, when are we gonna do that retrospective? We should uh, do that. Yes. It's not horror. Yeah, and I'm well, only know, my, my life is too short. 
No, it's not any too horror. We shouldn't get uh, Justin's girlfriend on here to do Harry Potter retrospective. Chill. She'd be good. Very tired. <laughs> you don't have to be on it. Okay, that's fine then. Hosted by yours truly, Katie, do it. Katie Watson. Yeah. Anyone else can run any shows they want. I will support that fully if I don't have to do the research and read all the fucking documentaries. Uh, and number one was Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Oh, still going every Christmas. Nice. They're bringing it in right now. 923 million worldwide. Oh, that's one awesome. horror film there in the top 20, which was The Ring. Ringu. Yeah. Justin So, what other horror films came out in 2002? I'm glad you asked. The movie Science for, was on there too. Oh, Science too. The movie for 2002 horror films is Blade Runner Dose. <laughs> Blade Runner 2? Yeah. No. Uh, that's it. I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> Bubba Hotep. Tap. Hotep. Oh, Bubba Hotep. This was, uh, yeah, Bruce Campbell playing yeah. Elvis yeah, in yeah, a retirement yeah. home with someone who's a black guy who thinks he's JFK. It was really funny. And they have to fight a mummy. Yep. Um, the the ring, which we already knew. Yep. They. They you? was yeah. They was a pretty good. Had a cool opening. At they least. was all right. It was all right. Wasn't amazing. Wishmaster colon the prophecy fulfilled. This movie is especially uh, important because it was actually created by a friend Peter Atkins, uh, Wishmaster series, the guy who yeah. wrote Hellraiser two, three, and four. Mm. Uh, he then left to invent the Wishmaster series and by this point he was already on part 4 of the Wishmaster he did them with Wes Craven but Wes Craven did not direct them and they were weirdly, I hadn't thought about it until recently but they're weirdly similar to Hellraiser they're about, you know, a genie in a box that's all true about a djinn who's evil, who grants wishes but essentially essentially, like you get like a ornament and you, something comes out of the ornament, and then it and does not necessarily about BDSM. No, but it is. It made me more realize, I think, that how the Hellraiser is more based on gin. Oh, right. In a way, mm-hmm. like, like the whole genie in a bottle sort of box thing. Yeah, Pandora's box, and yeah, all that stuff. Okay, Resident Evil. Yeah, <laughs> Paul W S Anderson. And well, I, I really don't, I've been rewatching these recently, actually. Yeah, you for have. For a video game <laughs> uh, uh, list that I'm doing of best video game movies. And I still think the third one's the best by far, actually. But Resident Evil 3? Yeah, Extinction. Directed by the guy who did Highlander. Highlander! Russell McCoy. McCrow. <laughs> uh, next one is My Little Eye. This used to be one of my, and it still is actually one of my favorite horror films ever made. It's a found footage film. When just after Blair Witch, but it's all webcams in this house. Some kids sign up to this online competition, and then bad things happen to them. Mm. That's really good, actually. I like it. You Interesting. Said. Have I? Yep. It's actually got very early performance from Bradley Cooper in it. Malefique? You don't remember. Malefique is a Belgium horror film. Belgium. It's really hard to get hold of now. It is the best non-Hellraiser Hellraiser film ever made. Nice. Um, I'll keep wanting to go back to it because it might be better than any Hellraiser movie so, that's ever made. So are we watching that? I'm probably, if I can get hold of it, I'm trying to get hold of it to rewatch it before the wrap up um, because I, my memories of it and I only got to see it once at a film festival way back then were, oh my God, this is like a Hellraiser movie about how they should be. Kind of. Huh. Interesting. Uh, Halloween colon, resur- colon resurrection. Colon this, resurrection. This was Halloween no, no, eight, eight after the really good one, H2O. Came back with mm. this, killed off Jamie Lee Curtis, but now none of that counts because they're doing the new one this year that 
discounts the other two times Jamie Lee Curtis was in Halloween films. Yeah. And this one also had a rapper in it fighting Michael Myers. We'll get into this later this year with a Halloween (laughs) retrospective. Uh, And then The Eye, parentheses, original. This is the original Thai film by the Pang Brothers. And it's really, really good. The Eye and The Eye 2 are fantastic horror films. Highly recommend them. Does that have anything to do with My Little Eye? No. Different. But The Eye was remade with Jessica Alba as an American one, which was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, the original couple are really good. They are actually Hong Kong directors, though. They're not from Thailand, so. Hmm. Uh, Dog Soldiers. This was the first film by uh, the guy who would... Uh, the next film he would do would be The Descent, which is one of the greatest oh, nice. horror films oh. of all time. Oh. Uh, eight-legged Freaks! <laughs> oh, that one's scarily good. I like yeah. this I love one. Eight-legged Freaks. Yeah, eight-legged Freaks is awesome. David Arquette's awesome. Yeah. And it stars a lady we're going to be talking about next week in Hellraiser Deader. Whoa. Why can't they put David Arquette in these films? Yeah, I would great. see him as a lead. Detectives yeah. losing it in their minds. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, Dark Water, parentheses, original. Isn't this from the director of the original Ring, I think, over there? Over Ringu? But anyway, it's a good film. Mm. Recommend. And then Carrie. Yeah, it's a remake. I don't <laughs> like question? this one. There's like a bunch of Carrie remakes. No, well, there's well, Carrie 2, Five There's Sutter, this Carrie remake, and, there's and then, then there's Carrie another Ryan. one. This is the Chloe Moritz one. Right. Oh, was it? Are you sure, man? Yeah. This would have been 2002. Oh, no, 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 no. That yeah, been there's still one more. Yeah. 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 Oh, what's this one? This then? was the one in between her uh, and Sissy Spacek. I don't remember there being one in 2002. No, no, Sissy Spacek was a long time ago. I know, that's what I'm saying. This is the one in between. What was this one? Oh, yeah. David Carson, Angela Bettis. Yeah, because... God, I didn't even know this one really existed. Yeah, 2013 was the one with what's her name. Yeah, this one must have been done for uh, like Sci-Fi Channel or something. Yeah, mm, yeah. And then the uh, and Cabin Fever. Oh yes. Yeah, this is the original one by Eli Roth, who is now big deal, obviously as an actor as well. Good friends with Tarantino. About yeah. making stuff like Green Inferno. Uh huh. Thing and the, freaked me out. And then uh, a little. Indie movie, which is actually really amazing. It's actually kind of an indie movie. 28 Days Later. Yeah, that was pretty indie. And yeah. like the first, uh, it's like one of the first digital movies, I think, feature films ever to get to wide, wide release. Yeah. Shot not in HD. It looks like shit. Yeah, it's super great, but I kind of like it. Yeah, it's cool. It great made, movie. Uh, I'm just impressed when they had the, like by the palace, like that little roundabout area where mm-hmm. it was empty. I'm like, that must have cost a lot of money. No, no, no. They did. You can, I tell you what, Jess, you want to learn how they did those cool shots? You can go back and listen to our Danny Boyle retrospective where we talk in depth about 28 Days Sweet. Later. Sweet. And I explain how they did those shots because you know some people who were involved with that. Nice. Uh, what else? Is that it? The last one is Spooky Movie. The spook, a Spooky Movie? A Spooky Movie. What? <laughs> you all right? A Spooky Movie. <laughs> uh, that was a good year for horror. Yeah. I would recommend loads of those films. Yeah. Especially 28 Days Later with Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And the, I mean, the, 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 the ring, like, there loads of great films there. Love it. Yeah. I remember that year. I was in film school at that point and going to cinema a lot. And I was very happy. I was in the 10th grade. Shut up. I hate uh, you. All. What was I in? Oh. Oh. Mother's ninth, Womb. I think it was <laughs> same grade or ninth grade. Yeah. So, you would have been right around the same. Yeah. We were in school, being good kids, not ditching school to go watch movies. I was in film like, school. Like <laughs> a spooky in, movie. That's what you do. A spooky movie. A spooky what movie. 2002. Well, I, was, I was too busy watching Clone Wars, man. Another, another spooky movie that came <laughs> out this year. falling asleep in it. 
was Hellraiser Hellseeker because you need fucking hell twice in your title. How ridiculous is well, that? Well, because you want to know what they're seeking. Can we just spend, After you raise it, you got to seek it. Can yeah. we just spend like an hour and a half just talking about how stupid these titles are getting? I mean, we can, but I feel like our listeners are just excited for the next one. Significantly. The next title is like the most genius title. You all just have to stay tuned next week to hear us say it. It's like when you're four and you're insulting your sibling and they're like, you're dead. Well, you're deader. <laughs> You're Hellseeker, E. Nuh-uh. So how did a film like Hellseeker get made? Are you ready? I don't know. You might think it's simple. You might think, because this is another one that screams spec script all over it. And a lot of people online, much like Inferno, are saying spec script. Inferno, there's basically proof that that was not a spec script. It was Mm -hmm. written. This one is almost proof for that as well. So Scott Derrickson, the director of the previous one, who went on to do Doctor Strange and stuff, he was actually asked to direct this movie. Um, and to write the next film as well. Uh, but he turned him down because he was busy with other projects and he felt he had done... He said what he had to say, basically. He got to do his little religious rant. Middle finger to Clive Barker. Exactly. Uh, so Tim Day and Rick Boda were brought on. They were both old friends. Uh, Tim had worked as a best boy grip for three seasons of Tales from the Crypt, which Rick was DPing. So when Rick was given the job in Hellseeker, he brought him in to take a look. And from the interviews I've read, and I did as much research as I could, because I know there are people then saying, no, this was definitely written... I think it might be half and half. I'm not sure. But from actual interviews with Tim Day, he said, look, I looked at two of the scripts and the first was about a rave club in an abandoned mall, uh, which Tim said was not good. Mm. Um, And then he said Hellseeker, which makes me sound like there was a script called Hellseeker, which I believe was written as a pitch for Hellraiser, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Hellseeker was interesting, but it needed work. In the original script, Trevor was a prick from the get go. And he wanted to make it more likable straight away at the beginning. Uh, not repeating, obviously, the sins of Inferno. Just throw in a tickle fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Tim said he went away, he read Hellbound Heart, and he loved the gothic Greek tragedy of it all. Uh, so he wanted to bring back that feel to the franchise. Quote, my goal was to make a Hellraiser that Clive would like. Um, Clive had always envisioned multiple puzzle boxes and doors leading to the Cenobites, so he, Tim Day turned into scripts that had a round puzzle box in it sphere and rick called him after and said everybody loved the script except for one word round mm. <laughs> kirsty wasn't in the original draft uh, rick Bota, the director actually came up with that idea later on and then tim's idea was that kirsty's story was going to continue into hellraiser 7 and we'll get to whether that happens or not next week uh, which is going to be a final showdown between her and pinhead Tim started writing Well, now this. we know if she's coming back yeah, she just kind of told us spoiler i didn't say i didn't say she's coming back no i said his intentions the guy who wrote this, or one of the two guys who wrote this, his intentions. Beep. That's what's going to happen Beep. next. Beep. Back it up. Back it up. <laughs> However, and this is brilliant, Ashley's agents were trying to block them from getting her the script. I can imagine. <laughs> of Hellseeker. They're like, she'll do anything. Don't let her see this. Uh, no, no, no. They weren't like letting them contact her. I know. Now, I've heard some I mean- people say that they couldn't actually find her from the stuff I've read. Um, online it was literally that they weren't letting them talk to her so they were trying to get the script to her and they were trying to they had a second a different version written where the character be someone else and they'd even cast someone else in her role in case they couldn't get her and eventually doug bradley just said well do you want me just to ring her up (laughs) because obviously him and ashley are friends so he just rang her up and said to her look i really think you should do this script it's the best one since part two and she trusted him, uh, signed on the Friday before shooting, 
Dang. Just like four or five days before and was really, really happy to I be feel on feel bad for the actress that was on hold for it. Well, oh, you don't need to yeah. because she got um, a part. And anyway. She did indeed get a part. She was one of the sexy Sarah ladies. Sarah Jane Redmond was penciled in to play Kirsty if Ashley couldn't reply to the role. And when Ashley did come back, they were so impressed with Redmond that they cast her as Gwen. Uh, oh, there you go. Dead. She would have been a terrible Kirsty. Yeah. yeah, she would have been terrible. Yeah. Uh, Dimension Films, however, didn't want Clive to know that Hellseeker was being made. Now, we haven't got entirely into it, but he really burnt bridges with Dimension. Like, they fucking hated him. Who's and Clive? He hated them. Oh, Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Yeah. I said, Clive. You, you, have Clive? Whole, you have to say his whole name. We're on a first name basis, I thought. Uh, Clive. No, no, no. When you say Clive, I'm like, Clive Owens? And Clive Why do I Clive Owens do now? So they were trying to keep this a secret from him that this was being made until it was ready, already out. But by here's the thing, by a very weird coincidence, and it took me some reading to find this out. By weird coincidence, Clive was in the limo in New York from the airport, and through small talk with the limo driver, he discovers that the driver just took another guy who was in the new Hellraiser film. And the guy what? he was talking about was apparently, I believe, Dean Winters, the lead actor. Shut who was all boasting up. about being in the new Hellraiser film. And Clive was like, what? There's a new Hellraiser film? So Clive does some digging. It's like how you find out your partner's cheating on you. <laughs> he finds it's like this weird way. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? Clive does some digging. He finds out Rick Boder is directing it and gives him a call and says, I want to see this film. So Rick deliberates for a bit. He's not sure what they're meant to do because he knows Dimension has said, do not talk to Clive. <laughs> but then him and Tim Day eventually decide, fuck it, let's use Clive Barker. You got to like show him yeah. his Which brainchild. So they go around to his house in LA um, and show it to Clive. And Clive loves it. Uh, he much prefers this one to Inferno. He just gives them some notes, just on some added extra shots and inserts, mostly for the third act of the film, mm. uh, which in typical Clive fashion mostly is make it more perverse. <laughs> Dimension then rings up Rick Boder and screams at him for letting Clive see the movie. But then he said, Rick apparently said about five minutes later, they get a call from someone even higher up at Dimension who says, it's all cool. They've spoken to Clive and they're elated <laughs> that he likes it. <laughs> Uh, Clive even wanted to give them a nice little blurb, blurb to put on the front of the box, but due to contractual reasons, Dimension wouldn't let him. So you got to say, what the fuck wow. happened with him and Dimension? Where even like Clive Barker trying to like remember when the companies used to be, what do we have to pay you, Clive, to put your name to on this? To put your name on it. This is one he wanted to put his name on it in one way or another, and they wouldn't let him. Wow. Wow. So Dimension Films also put the entire cast and crew under NDA, under NDA because they didn't want it getting out and they didn't want Clive knowing or anybody knowing, which really hindered the publicity for the movie. Fangoria wanted to do a cover piece on it and mm-hmm. they couldn't really do much about it because they weren't, Rick Boyd wasn't allowed to talk. But Ashley Lawrence, however, broke the gag order to speak about the film because she claimed she had only been paid enough money to make a payment toward a new refrigerator. Now, there's a lot of stuff about Ashley Lawrence at this point where apparently she was quite bitchy about stuff. She wasn't like, a lot of people hate her because she's not been very, uh, what's the word, gracious, I think. About well, her agents tried to not get her to do it. Yes, yes. Um, I haven't read a lot of her interviews, so I don't know. Doesn't Rick she Boda, know before they start filming what she's going to make on it? Yeah, I mean, she should do, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, what, but if, she didn't go her a, if she didn't go through her agents and yeah, she went if through... If just rang her up. And, and then like, she just turned up four or five days like, later. Okay, yeah. uh, I mean, I've got yeah, stuff that was shot. she probably relied on goodwill. And just for people to understand, like, I've got stuff that was shot professionally a year ago and contracts still unsigned. <laughs> like, it just, you know, things go on for ages. Right. What's going on then? So, yeah, Rick Boda wasn't that keen on the script idea of... Um, actually, no, we'll get to that a bit later. Gary Tuncliffe, this is one other little interesting fact. The effects guy 
who we talked about last week. He's been with us since the beginning wow. doing the designs. Uh, he really, really, really wanted to get back to working with Dimension. I believe he might have been caught up in some of the troubles with Clive as well. And he didn't want anybody else doing Pinhead. So he came in with a quote uh, for a budget for his effects in this film so low that him and his wife, who also works with him on their stuff, didn't get paid anything. They had to <laughs> give all their money just to their crew. Um, and they made nothing on this whatsoever. Where did this five million go? This was three million. Oh, I three thought million. you said five. No, three. So one right. million more than last last week. And Rick, both of the director, was very upset after the film's finished because Castell Films website exposed the plots for both films early. Two years early for the next film, because just to clarify, this and the next film was shot back to back. Oh. Um, and so the next one was ready in 2002 but didn't go out to 2005 or four or five wow there drama you go. drama drama yeah it was a tricky time for the hellraiser well, to series. make hellraiser hell seeker and from a company who don't really seem dimension don't really seem to care too much again this is bob weinstein this film very much to me feels like a bob weinstein film. yeah <laughs> like in fact the lead character seems like a fantasy role play piece for yeah many men all right, shall we get into how is a hell seeker? Do it. So Let's we begin seek it out. with a quote, and you'll be forgiven for thinking we're in last week's film because the quote is from Dante's Inferno, oh and not just Dante's Inferno. They use the entire Latin name here to try and look fancy. There is no greater sorrow than to recall happiness in times of misery. Great quote. And always makes your film look a bit more sophisticated when you put a quote at the beginning. Yeah. But the immediate thing, I think, as soon as I see this, is like, I remember seeing this the first time. I was like, did I put in the wrong TV? <laughs> <laughs> because it says fucking Inferno. I was like, what? Oh, my gosh. How do you not use this at the beginning or the of the last film? And That's then we what get- I was saying. I feel like there was some nerdy guy on set that was like, you guys, there's this book that I just read that you should really reference. And they're like, shut up, dude. Like, we don't need a quote at the beginning of our film. And then he's like, it's called Inferno. What? <laughs> it's called Hell It's about a guy no, who's not. in hell and he has to go, what? <laughs> I guarantee you, nobody on this set has ever read Dante's Inferno. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> they just Google for best quotes. Sure. They're about like, hell. Hell. Uh, someone trapped in hell. <laughs> oh, this Personal. is called Inferno. Wasn't oh. it one of these films called Inferno? Perfect. Yeah. Clive will love it. <laughs> <laughs> Clive's going to love this. He's going to see the opening credit and go, Yes. Yes, they get it. They get. It. So we open on alarmingly similar intro from the last film. Uh, We're on just CGI oh, yeah. box now. The spinning box. Uh, and we don't, we don't have a raw shack. And sexy music, tacky oh, but sexy. Really slow. See what we said last week. Uh, it was sad not to have the main themes back. This is the first time when the music in Hellraiser a film has made me want to shoot myself in the face. Yeah, I just I was almost like. Should I walk out now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except we trapped you in that shark blanket. Yeah, I was trapped. <laughs> I was in my own hell while watching this. <laughs> it's terrible. Just the electric guitar. Oh, so it's really it's bad. Just, oh, and the box opens and we sort of go inside it. Sort of like bleeds out, whatever. And then we see Kirsty immediately. Yeah, familiar face. They're with her husband, Trevor, and they're having a little tickle fight while they're yeah. driving down the road. Giggling. <laughs> so dangerous. <laughs> so my dangerous. I was like, they're going to crash now. And this is it, it, I, I thought literally they were just going to get on a head-on collision and that's it. She's written off. I'm like, what, are you, Nearly. what a cameo. What film 
the starters decides to show how do we show love between our two protagonists? I know, tickling. And, and giggles. Decides, that's such a good idea. Let's open the film with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like, Fucking how do we insane. show? So I, fi- I realized this. It's like there's two ways to show that you're in a good relationship. It's either from laughing, mm-hmm. like flashbacks to laughing or flashbacks to sex. Yeah. Like there's no there's no other way for them to establish that a relationship was not on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so weird. It's like really the tickling or boning. So, someone was, someone <laughs> yeah. was probably like, "Well, okay, they're holding hands and they're like smiling and they look at each other." No, what the hell, dude? They're tickling each other. <laughs> yeah, John's fucking right. They're tickling it. Write that down. Clive's gonna love this. <laughs> I wonder how many times that sentence was uttered. It's gonna love it. It's gonna fucking love You'd it. You'd be nervous when you're like seeing those remarks after Inferno. You'd be like, fuck, I don't wanna. Maybe we shouldn't do another and film that's almost exactly like, like, oh, like yeah, it. Yeah, with this script, I'd be really nervous because this is basically Close. the same, same guy. Film. Yeah, you're like, okay, wait, that guy was an asshole in the beginning. He was just start off an asshole. How do we tickle fight? A- Tickle fight. Put a tickle fight. Immediately. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be with his wife instead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like it. But, I like what you're doing. Okay. What, they what? They're holding hands? No, 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 no. They're tickling each other. <laughs> and they're driving While fast. While they're driving? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because think of it this way, man. They're young, in love, and they live dangerously. <laughs> That's great. Fucking write that down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a Clive a call. Oh, no. <laughs> How long did it take you guys to notice it's Kirsty? Because I, I noticed, I don't think either of you saw her name come up at the beginning. I was no, hoping that wasn't going to, no, it did. I closed my eyes to try to blog out that beautiful music. sound. <laughs> Were you having your own flashbacks to the sexy yeah. music? Did you get it so straight away? I did not. No. 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 I noticed the, the first guy first. I was like, she's with Mayhem. Well, it's and because then I, I saw... got really excited that there was Matthew Lillard. And then it, <laughs> I was crushed. Yeah. And then by the time I looked back up, I was like, oh, hey, Kirsten. Yeah, and then when she was like, ha ha, I was like, oh, that's a girl. Yeah. That's so, a daughter. It's a big up. stamp, though, isn't it? You start your film. It's big. You got a cool quote from Dante. It was nice of him to give it. And then you got Kirsty back. Yeah. I, was, I remember the very first time I saw her, I was really excited. Yeah. I was immediately yeah. like, you recognize it's Kirsty. I was all in her name. She's gone better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She looks great still. She looks yeah. good. Got new hair. Got yeah. new, new teeth. So they're laughing. <laughs> he says he hasn't seen her like that in a long time. So don't worry. We're going to get it back. She says, she says, I hope it's everything that you want it to be, which mm-hmm. is an interesting line right at the beginning. Cause that kind of tells you the rest of the movie, which I kind of like. They do put that straight in there right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And then they make out and crash into a river. Very dangerous car kissing leads to ruining a perfectly cool vintage BMW. Yeah. Ooh, and then I also thought, is this the beginning to Susie Q, that Disney movie? Is it what it is? What are you talking what? about? On her prom night, she's kissing. Maybe she's even tickling. It has the pink ranger. Well, I don't remember her name. The first one. Uh, she, uh, she's you are bringing we don't even, things we don't even out of the anyway, so, There's only one pink ranger we yeah, speak about in this house. she's the original one. <laughs> but anyways, it's prom night. She's, they're kissing, and then her car goes off the bridge, and then she dies. She drowns. It was a Disney car. movie? Was, I think it was a Disney-like TV movie. That was probably right. where they got it from. CZQ. It's for, it's to uh, show the perils of car kissing <laughs> while driving. Yeah. Thank you, Disney. Shouldn't do it. I just immediately hate the look of this film. Mm-hmm. There's this gray filter on it all that just Which makes works. sense once you understand what they're Even trying to do. Sorry. Yes. But yes, it's frustrating. But it just yeah, looks that, terrible. That color grade? Well, they're trying to do like 
it's like sort of nighttime, Hazy. so we're shooting day for night. Oh, but it just looks horrible. It and does. it's also nearly all of this film. I mean, I'm going to say right now, this entire film looks horrible to me. And yeah. to come from someone who's predominantly been a DP his career, I find shocking. Could be the editor's fault, though. Shocking. No, it's just like, I mean, yeah, the grade is bad. You can ruin a film with a bad grade. But everything about this, composure, uh, the way the camera is operated, like desperate grabs. Like here when the car crashes into the river, the camera like pans up and then jolts a bit like, oh, this is the only time we get to chuck this car in the river. We better yeah. fucking yeah. get it. And you and also see the ramp. Enough. You also see, see the, the ramp. Yeah, where he kicks out. I wrote down, I was like, ramp for car. I hate it. I really do. The look of it is just... Well. Yeah. So he gets out, but he can't get Kirsty out of the car. So she apparently dies, seemingly. Even though when the car is sinking, all the windows are down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're all down. And then, and they're, then all they're all, all up. up. Yep. When they're underwater. Yep. Yeah, which is really ridiculous. Also, your car wouldn't sink that fast. It's and because all the windows were down. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But I mean, That's if the why windows, they had them down. If all the windows were up, which they were when they were in the water, it, what would it sink? Sorry. And also, it's easier to open your door once your car is filled with all water. Mm-hmm. He said it was locked. Yep. Yeah. From the inside. So he says. Yeah. So then he wakes up in a hospital, and you're going to get used to me saying that sentence quite a lot. Uh, there's a female doctor called Dr. Dormier who I was looking up because like Dormier because Dormier in French sleep. is to sleep but it's spelled differently here on yeah. that tab but it's so was, pronounced the same way because he yeah. says Dormier yeah because at first I was like oh going, maybe it's Dormer well because uh, Mare is mother as well so I was like looking up to, trying to see what it was in you know, yeah there's nothing on Google so mm. I couldn't find so this female doctor is like every woman in this film is going to be immediately sexual with him of course and I had written down, even though I've seen this film before, I was trying to watch it with fresh eyes. And I was like, if I'm watching this with fresh eyes, probably thinking she's pinhead straight away. Because she walks mm, over yeah. to him calmly. I totally thought the same thing. Did you? Yeah. I did not. Yeah. No. I thought, well, what haven't they done with him yet? Haven't made him a girl. We'll just do transvestite like pinhead. Uh, she injects him and he passes out and then wakes and then up. And then she decides to yell at him. I like yeah. how she injects him. You should go to sleep. Driver! <laughs> yeah. It's a little, it's a little yeah. game I like to play. <laughs> she's like, I didn't, she's like I didn't inject you with that kind of stuff. <laughs> Wake up! I injected you with saline. <laughs> you look just dehydrated. Sugar. Yeah, so he wakes up and he's in a different room in the hospital having his skull cut into, getting a sort of weird yeah, lobotomy. That, that was cool. Better brain than part two. Looks yeah. more real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when this was happening, because the next, there's another sequence, but it made me go, oh, cool. They're kind of like walking down the train of uh, of uh, the things that happened in the Hellraiser. So you first you got Kirstie, then the second mm. one's a lobotomy doctor. And then the third Expecting one. some street explosions to coming yeah. up. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Well, here's where I, uh, I'll say where I get confused. Uh, but we have <laughs> the doctor there saying immediately at the beginning, over the course of this procedure, I'll be triggering memories. Relax, Trevor. We're helping you remember. Which immediately to me, I was watching Inferno, you're like, oh, here we go. Like, yeah. you know, all right, well, nothing's going to be as it seems. Nothing is really real. Yeah. But that scene, as we spoil this for the ending, that scene doesn't even happen. Like, none of yeah. this happens. Well, I thought it was them trying to say, like, what happens to you in a morgue. You know, like, they're, like if someone does a post. Right. Whatever. I can't remember any words. But, but it's just the lines of, like, we're helping you I know, trigger but the, memories the dialogue doesn't make sense no. yeah. for that. Oh, so I was just like, why? What's the, the point of that scene? Nothing. Well, it would, it would so have been shove a pin into his brain. Yeah. Maybe that's what Pinhead has to go through all the time. Maybe. It's just all of his memories all the time. Oh, what just if, all the pins actually in his brain, you think, mm, and triggering memories? Or, Maybe. Yeah. And what if 
it's just all his lives. Like you do a new pinhead and it's just, those are all his lives. Everything that he's gone through. Okay. He's a long living organism of otherly worlds. He's just waiting to get that one that's like right above his lip. Yep. That's the only spot that he's missing one. The philtrum. Yeah. Yeah. But then he'd be too hip. Yeah, that's true. No, so you can't put a nail in that far. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to go with the trends. Yeah. So, and again, I'll say this many times. He wakes up again in the hospital. I'm confused. Which hospital? Allison <laughs> <laughs> Domia. You just said surgery room for the other one, by the uh, way. Oh, whatever, man. I don't know. I mean, honestly, there are four sets in this movie. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty easy. Uh, she asks him if his headaches are getting better, and she's weirdly tender with him um, and says, that, don't worry, she'll see him through his recovery. And then the male doctor comes over and says, oh, you're back again? What seems to be the problem this time? And kind of implies that he might be just there to get meds because he's addicted to the meds that he's on. Um, And she says that he's still getting blackouts, hallucinations, and acute memory loss. Which to me is, we're throwing in all these words so we can do anything we want with the rest of the film. Get ready for a bumpy ride. Yeah. And I like how his bed's just in the middle of this room. Like people are just yeah. walking around him. He looks like he's in a hallway. Yeah. And I can like literally see people in the background that have a proper like curtain around their bed that are that's in a corner with a nightstand. And I was like, you couldn't he he's not one of those people. No, I no. think it's because he's just because uh, he keeps not, waking up there. <laughs> yeah. It's but it's not an emergency. Like, you know, they have the pre check once. It's like, oh, you're all right. I don't know. It looked very casual. The placement. Yeah. Of his just, area. Here's here's the thing. This should be a short podcast. <laughs> I get like, and I get like, I know, oh, like, I know. when We're we finished f- this film. One of you two said that you quite liked it, but so like, I get if well, I don't mind get, but if people like it or don't like it, it's fine. But this movie, it's it does. Every, so last week when we talked about Inferno and there are many many problems, and I totally get why people would hate that movie. I do, and I liked it for sure the most of the three of us. But one thing I credited it for is there were a lot of movies like this at the time of like mindfuck movies. Right. That's what call it. Yeah. And the one thing Inferno did was it allowed you to watch it as a movie, and then fucked with it sort of later. Like there was a consistency, the coherency of its logic of scene by scene by scene. This movie in the very first scene. It's telling you we can do anything we want because you're going to be seeing dreams, you're going to be seeing hallucinations, you're going to be seeing like fake timelines, yeah. like all this stuff. And then it does that for the entire movie, which means everything in this movie, right from the beginning, you know, basically none of it is real. Like none of it is real, right. none of it is true. And it makes it impossible to argue with because it's a screenwriting technique they, they did a lot at this point because yeah. like we're bulletproof because we told you. And none of it's real anyway, so you can't get us. Yeah, yeah like 90% of my notes are questions. And then, yeah, yes, about halfway through, I was like, none of these questions, uh, like, require answering because it's none, of it's real. Yeah. none of it's real. Yeah. So, therefore, it, like, leaves very little to be able to be critiqued. Yes. Which and is it's frustrating. fine to do that. Like, David Lynch does that all the time. Right. But, oh, my God, you have to be talented to pull off an well, intoxicating ride, you know, to be able to do that properly. Yeah. So, because we commented, I think, last week that we similarize that that role or that trope to seven and this one i was like they're just trying to pull a memento yes whereas memento you are able to watch that as a cohesive film and if you backwards or forwards it you're able to understand it and this one is just like it's like any of your questions like why is the bed in the middle it's like well because it's not real yeah. Why is this thing happening? Well, because it's not it's real. This is real. He's Why hallucinating. Oh, that's thing? not the real person. Oh, that's yeah. not the thing. None of these things, and there's not even a thing of, well, maybe some happened in real life. Sure, some of the flashbacks with the people we're about to see him with, 
have some correlation to things that maybe happen in his real life, but none of these moments happened no. in real life. No. Because it's very much all taking place after Kirsty mm-hmm. thinks has died. Um, so then the detective turns up saying Kirsty's missing and Trevor offers to take him to the scene to go over it, but he says, we already did that a month ago. Dun, dun, dun. Which is a stupid line for me because if they just said a week ago, much more of this film would make sense. Again, doesn't need to make sense because it's not real, but if we're going to look at it like yeah. it should make sense. Because they keep finding stuff. The detectives keep finding... Like, it took you a month to find that thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Justin. Yeah, I'm just, just like, yep, this will be a pretty quick podcast. <laughs> uh, the detective doesn't seem to trust him, so he says that the doors were unlocked when the car was pulled. Surely this is info. Open. Sorry, so yeah. Surely this is info that they would have gotten a month ago. Yeah. You wouldn't go after a month go, oh, we just discovered that when we pulled that car out of the water well, a month ago. Well, then he ago, goes, oh, you're right. I'll double check with them. Maybe they got it wrong. And I was like, this is... So yeah, now I'm thinking suck. maybe, maybe he's job. pinhead because he's clearly right from the beginning. It's like, well, he knows something's he's off, doesn't he? has got this weird sly Cheshire cat smile this whole time, this detective. Yep. Uh. And then he plays it all around. You're always like, is he on his side? Is he not yeah. on his side? And it's not in a good way. In a, I don't know if they knew what the acting Yeah. <laughs> then we get a stupid scene of him on a bus asking a Which punk rocker has, to turn his music down. So on this bus, you have all of these people like from the last film, yeah. as well as a Terry from, what was it? Oh, which number was it? Four? Four. Yeah. If you're from the last film, what do you mean? So you have... You have an old woman knitting, like his mother, oh, in yeah. the last film. You have the tattoo guy yep. from the last film. Ah. You've got a kid sitting on the bus. And then you've got, yeah, like a ghetto-looking girl who looks like Terry from 4 sitting on this bus. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I'm sure that I'm giving them way too much credit. But I was like, Terry's that's... Three. Three. Uh, yeah. three. Was it three? Yeah, three to New York. Blind, blind oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four yeah. Space. Space. Right. Space. Space. There's not going to be any more space in the film. I'm sorry. <laughs> so yeah, I found that I was like, I don't know if they meant to do that or if that was just accidental. And they were like, we need all these cliches that write a bus. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I couldn't find anything with them talking about Inferno. At no point could I find them in interviews referencing Inferno. I find it interesting that these were the things they chose. Yeah. Because of yeah, just how close this film is to Inferno. Yeah. It's like, how? That's why, what I thought. You know, Clive hated that last one. Why would you do the same thing again? Mm-hmm. That's why I thought they were doing like a little homage thing where it's character from the first one, mm-hmm. it's the little lobotomy thing referencing two, and then mm-hmm. uh, number three. <laughs> and gone. <laughs> and then there's no space. So they were just like, all right, we can't get that far. So let's call it a day. Yeah, I don't think so. But nice thought. <laughs> He could project, I think. But uh, so he goes back to his apartment. He has some flashbacks of him making out with Kirsty. I've just got written down here. I hate this film. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. This is the problem. I like him more than the lead in oh, the last yeah, film, for sure. Even though the problem, he's this guy's terrible in a whole different way, just mm-hmm. in such a bland TV hero way. Whereas the other guy wasn't bland, at least, but he was just this insidious character. The funny thing is, this actor usually plays the asshole in TV dramas. You tell, yeah, you could tell. He has an asshole face. <laughs> yeah, so sorry. Like a smug asshole. Yeah. But Trevor is played by Dean Winters. He's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He was in the film Rough Night. He's in Jock and Womwick. He's in 30 Rock. He's in a lot of Rescue Me. He's also in Oz and the Sarah Connor Chronicles and mm-hmm. loads of other stuff. Yep. 
Um, Ashley, by the and way, he's also the spokesperson. Was or he's mayhem in Allstate. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know these things. Ashley, yeah, a lot of people seem to think she disappeared from acting for a while. If you look on RDB, she kept going. Like she was doing a lot of stuff, just nothing good. Excellent. Uh, film just before this was Warlock Three. Oh, jeez. Um, she was in the Gentle Ben movies. Do you remember that with the big bear? No. No. Uh, she's in some ER. Nice. And she also does a voice in The Vanishing of Ethan Carter. Oh, great video cool. game. Great video game. Yes. So anyway, he then heads to his workspace, which is one of my favorite workspaces in film history. It's just a cubicle. It's called Cubic Quota. Wow. It's the name of his nice. work. And I uh <laughs> I just love the terms that are thrown around between people in this office. They're just so generalized. Yep. Like they're like kids playing where they're like, this is what parents say at parent jobs. Yes. They're like, I have projects to fill and <laughs> deadlines. I love the numbers. Just literally, any numbers. Literally says that. Yeah. I rewatched this film last year and I spent, I was, um, I, I met with some friends later that day and i couldn't stop quoting this the whole time i was like you can't my brain is just boggling <laughs> at the fucking stuff they say he just sits down and i was like you don't even know what his job is he no. sits down in a little cubicle there's like cds on the wall yeah the cds on the wall and he has a friend co-worker who's just a typical arsehole sort of friend co-worker um he then says he didn't come home from lunch yesterday and then he just says get some numbers going any numbers will do and you really get the impression that he's not lying. This job will yeah. take any numbers you give him and they'll just, just crunch pay numbers, salary. Just crunch numbers, dude. Just keep crunching them. And They're any, watching you. Anytime you see his computer, there's just random numbers on yeah. it. It's fucking ridiculous. It's terrible. Not real. Yeah, it's like written by a child. Yeah. And then you get this weird thing. Do you notice this in this beginning? But they point out the CCTV camera to him as if, oh, that's going to be a big thing. Right. And then Trevor finds an old card with all problems solved written on it. And we get a horrible looking flashback as he enters a warehouse, which has even worse grading. Like the grading here is just... It's flashback grading, dude. Whoa. Isn't that how your flashbacks are? I prefer the flashback in Isn't the Inferno. entirety of this film a flashback, though? Yeah. But I was like, we were complaining about that flashback Inferno with the pimp who goes up into like, that looked fucking brilliant compared to these flashbacks. Yeah, that's true. And then we see like, what is it, Chinese women sewing with rotted meat next to them? They looked like yeah. they were making like jack, like coats, like they were fur chainsaw coats. Masker. But then they were all like dead rodents yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Which also, why keep walking into that building? Like, yeah, as soon as I see people stitching with le- like human yeah. say flesh, no thank you. and I see just that from person, outside, the fucking sketchy neighborhood is I would in. just go, nope, no, out of here. Because Okay, so to be clear, these flashbacks are potentially the only bit that's definitely real about the film. Yeah. So the only bits we can critique yes. in that they should make sense are these flashbacks. Yes. So yeah, like, don't do that. Don't go yeah, in. That's that meant to be the part that actually happened. I mean, but, I mean, he is going for like a really sketchy reason, so... I mean, well, he doesn't even know what his reason is. Because yeah. we learned later that Pinhead well, is essentially... Well, at that point, he's going to buy the box. Yeah. yeah, but how? Like, Pinhead has essentially contrived the way to get he got him the a card... card. How does Pinhead get him that card? No one know. knows. We just start from, he has his card. Yeah. And Pinhead is somehow, I guess, as the derelict. Because now Pinhead kind of is the derelict. Well, maybe this. it was something that Kirsty planted on him or something to get him to go there. No, no because no, 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 she no, you're right. Yeah. Wait, he gets, too far. She doesn't open it until she gets the box right. from him. So somehow Pinhead, so I want to get to Kirsty. I don't know how. I'm going to use one of my human whatevers to give him a card to take this guy to a fucking warehouse 
Because why not make it look approachable? Let's make it as sketchy as she possible. She has terrible taste in men. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, this is the guy her. she ends up with. Who can blame her? Should have stayed with Loud Shirt Boy. Yeah. There's a large woman just sitting on a stool with fake Stevie. skin breasts and, like, a fake skin face, I yeah. think. Yeah. It was basically Leatherface. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? it was like and a at that moment, face. I would have been like, well, I'm turning around and going home now. <laughs> Don't need whatever I came for. Yeah. And then, yeah, someone who looks like the derelict turns up, who is not the derelict. It is actually known here as the merchant, played by Doug Bradley. Where we start the theme of the different colored eyes. Yes. God. Oh. I didn't notice this was Doug Bradley the first couple of times. I, saw I didn't either. I, didn't I didn't. read it in the, no. in the thing. Not a because of the hair. Performance? <laughs> no. The, I mean, not the worst performance in the film. No. Not mm-hmm. a great one. No. So... Can you imagine how happy he was, though, to be acting in a Hellraiser film and not have pins in his face? I know, but instead he put fucking hair and yeah. makeup and watch it. So he's flashing out of that because we're going to go in and out of that throughout the film. And he's at the vending machine and then we get hand in water slapping the glass. Yeah. The best vending machine ever. It has like four things in it. Yeah. Yes. Lays chips, some other random stuff. So this was actually originally uh, meant to feature Kirsty in the vending machine. Um, and was going to be mm. shot underwater. Oh, nice. But Ashley doesn't like doing the underwater shots. <laughs> so she calls the fuss, and particularly for the price they were paying her, refused mm, to do it. So they filmed this hand there just in case she didn't do it, basically. And that's what ended up Good being Good idea, used. guys. Um, it's, it's nice to talk to your actors about this stuff before you cast, cast them or like get them into something. But I guess if they got her a few days before. I was going to say, she probably barely had time to read the script. Yeah, you'd hope so. Otherwise, maybe she wouldn't have done it. Maybe that's why they had to do the tickle fight because she's she probably... like, I don't know my lines, and they're like, just tickle her. <laughs> yeah. Also, she probably didn't get paid a lot up front. She probably got like a back end deal, and that's why she was like, I only got paid a refrigerator up don't front, don't down payment for refrigerator, yeah, down, yeah, payment, down payment for refrigerator. Which, considering, I mean, who knows if it's the same here, but Doug Brady was pretty happy on Inferno. He said he got paid a good price for, for those being three, there for days. three days. Yeah, so I can totally believe they would fuck her over and not pay her anything. Basically, oh, sure. So yeah, he's at a vending machine. He gets his little fright from the hand of the glass, and then his boss Gwen turns up, chastises him, and then starts groping him and molesting him in a totally inappropriate manner. She should be sued. Yep. And then he has flashbacks to having an affair with this woman in a horrible kind of TV sort of fashion. <laughs> yeah, there's a lion growl. There's, there's a an lion, actual lion growling. Growl. <laughs> and I really take offense to the blue tint that then is used for these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. This sexy scene. Um, and then she points out the CCTV cameras too. And she's like, look, look at the CCTV camera. We're always watching you. And then he's back on his computer at his office thing. And with no cookies, which with- is... Stupid. <laughs> also, what he left to his go coworker, get. and the reason why he went there, his coworker was like, "Hey!" After being a dickhead to him, he was like, "Hey, man! So low blood sugar could cause you to get it's like sixty-five percent of all migraines yeah. are caused from low blood sugar." You should go get some cookies. Go now. It doesn't get any cookies. It doesn't get any cookies. There there cookies in there. I think he meant a different kind of cookie. <laughs> yeah, he did. Winkity wink, wink. So he goes back to his office cubicle, and there's a looped clip of him uh, with Gwen from the CCTV that's on his computer. And so he deletes it, and we see just numbers <laughs> all over yep. his screen, confirming he does indeed do numbers. Doing yeah. his job well. Um, this is the moment I wrote down. Feels like another film. And the film I was thinking of was Stay. Stay. Oh, yeah. my God. I'm That's that literally what I wrote. 
Feels like another film. Feels like State. I mean, State looked good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But uh, that's why I was Mark like. Mark Evans, who directed that? I don't know. That's why I wrote, or I was saying, is this like a spec script? Like, they started this, but they couldn't actually make State, and then State came out, and they're mm-hmm. like, wow, this movie, you're, well, let's just add Hellraiser now. It is entirely possible. Yeah. So, I feel it was like their way to yeah, use that. Six cents. So, I don't know. So, <laughs> 16, buddy. Uh, I've burnt out. Do you need some cookies? <laughs> I think I do. So, the detective calls him in in a cycle that's going to make me want to do terrible things to myself. I would open the box if I had the box. So, I could stop seeing every scene end with the detectives ringing him in. Oh, my gosh. Again. Yes. For no reason. Again. They just call him in. And again. For nothing. Normally, just to say, oh, how you doing? What's going on with your yeah, life? So, and then for him to just kind of go, where's my wife? Mm-hmm. My wife was drowning. I saw her. Where's Kirsty? Where's Kirsty? You think I did it? You don't believe me. <sighs> That's I was, all I was this YouTube video of some dude reviewing all the Hellraiser films the other day for some research, and he couldn't pronounced Kirsty. It was Kirsty. Mm. And then what was really funny about it uh. was he was complaining. It's like she should be called Christy. That's a real name. Instead they call it Kir- Kirsty. Kirsty. And it's like, no, it's Kirsty. It's just Kirsty, dude. Kirstie, Kirstie, dude. Down. <laughs> You're saying it wrong. That's why it sounds weird. And then he's like arguing with basically himself. <laughs> it's brilliant. That is not what you need to be focused on here. <laughs> <laughs> there are bigger fish to fry. So the detective calls them in. This time they do have some info. They're like, oh, we've just noticed a month later that there were no skid marks on the bridge. The tires were intact. Nothing was wrong with the vehicle. And I think you went off the bridge on purpose. But hey, buddy, I still trust you. <laughs> Don't worry about it. tell you what, I just finished playing L.A. Noir, and I had to be a detective. <laughs> and I had to find these clues a lot faster than this. Like, a lot faster. <laughs> I just watched the new Star Wars Clone Wars, and I think you have a clone who's doing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go find this place that doesn't exist on a star map. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so when he gets home, he gets outside his house, and we're about to be introduced to the fourth and last set, basically. You got the bus, you got the de- detective station, and you got his flat. There's and then, still one more. And then I, like, huh? The warehouse. Only of the warehouse, think, yeah. yeah. That's basically it. What else is there? Oh, yeah, the acupuncture. Well, that's a room. I don't count that as a location. That's true. That's like four. It's like a toilet that they just filmed yeah. it. So you also there's a guy with no face who kind of looks like the engineer from the last film. Oh. Well, not the engineer, oh, yeah. but, you know, the yeah. guy who we thought was Black a killer. tongue guy. Yep. Who's uh, watching him from across the street. And he goes up to his apartment and the guy's in the apartment opposite watching him as well. And I'm just like, none of this is working for me, personally. Like, they're doing all the stuff that Inferno was doing. And again, I understand why people would hate Inferno. What shocks me, there's a lot of people who much, much, who really stand by this film and hate Inferno. And I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand that. And if you, but maybe I'm wrong. I know, Justin, you came out of this and kind of liked it. I'm not going to spoil your own thing. But I want you to like, if there's bits here that are things you like, I want you to stand up for them. Oh, yeah. I mean. <laughs> was it just you ate a nice pie while you were watching it? <laughs> I honestly think that was it. No. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the lead was in this one was much more easier to like right. go with. And then also there was more mystery too, where I'm like, oh, where the other one, I mean, when I hit that point, I was like, this is stay for sure. 
but I wanted to know what happened to his wife. Whereas the other one, it was just the concept that was cool. How it's like this man torn by soul and flesh. Like that was the cool aspect of it. But the, I mean, this one was just like too much of locations going back and forth. Like, let me mm-hmm. go to the police station every time. But I liked just, there was the mystery of it and you're like, okay, where is this going? So I had to just like, there's a bit back. of carrot being dangled for you yeah, here in terms of yeah. what's going to happen. Like the carrot okay. was nicer. The other one I was like, well, this is, mm, this is a bell pepper. I'm not really into those. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's oh, organic. In the box. <laughs> yeah. This is a bell pepper and not really into those. <laughs> yeah. Just a macaroni. Yep. So then the dude, then he starts like choking and coughing up water and then an eel. At what point I does it become clear to you guys what might be going on here at all? Yeah. That, I mean, my thing was confirmed when it was just like jumping back and forth. I was like, oh, we're in the mind of someone. Either he's uh, got a lobotomy, which would be a super cliche thing, or we're going to go with he's actually the dead person. The dead thing, I remember the first time I watched this, I definitely got the dead thing pretty much straight away. And then when this eel came out, I was like, oh, okay, they're pulling him out of the water. Like I got that whole bit of it very quickly. The rest of it with Kirsty, I don't know you could get because her whole deal and that whole thing is like, so the dead bodies were confusing me. Um, right. And I am glad that by the end they pay that off. There's a reason to it all. Yeah. Um, I was worried it was all just going to be, all right, Lee is just dead and this is just in his head. Yeah, when he pulled the yellow out, I was like, oh, you drowned. So you're definitely not lobotomized. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if it was either that he had died or if Kirsty was like haunting him. From, right. Yeah. Like some oh, shit that, that he had done. And then, the uh, and then there was a part Kirstie. that crossed my mind mm-hmm. was he got trapped in the box. Like she was like, you want me to open it? You're now in the box, bitch. That's what I thought. <laughs> For like one point. Uh, so then the door knocks and he wakes up from his eel dream and there's a young girl from down the hall. She's got a stomach tattoo and she's all happy about it. She's going to do it on her butt, apparently, but apparently the stomach's sexier. <laughs> They're getting a tattoo on your getting butt. Getting that on your butt would have looked terrible. Yeah. Unless you get a tramp stamp. Imagine even that's tacky. you let yourself go and your butt gets a bit bigger and just bloats on out. That just a saggy clump of color. <laughs> so they've clearly been fucking as well, like every woman that he's involved right. with. Um, and then she walks away stroking her ass with the back of her hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is hard to do. Uh, and she's like, all right, you know where to find me. <laughs> she literally walks <laughs> two, two <laughs> steps and stands <laughs> by the wall. I'm like, is if that you where feel she is? like talking or whatever. <laughs> You she know looks, where I am. She looks drunk. Just yeah, like, leaning against the wall like, oh, I can't quite make it back. <laughs> and he's, she's like, are you, what's wrong with you? Are you yeah, alright? Like he goes, that. no, nothing's wrong no, with she's you. She's just like, <laughs> just standing by the wall. <laughs> I like that though, because she does go, are you okay? And he just immediately goes, not at all. <laughs> when she's going back in his apartment. And then we get some picked guitar music. Now, I said last week, my end reveal at the end of Inferno was it's one of the best Silent Hill movies <laughs> made. This is, sounds so much like Silent Hill, the acoustic guitar that's playing in this scene. I can only imagine it was on purpose because it's very close. Yeah. And then he goes into his closet and continuing the Hellraiser theme, VHS videos. Still a thing in 2002. We're going to be a little shoebox full of them. Um, and then pulls out one called Our Crazy Wedding. Slash and reception. Hun- and then slash honeymoon. As oh, well. say honeymoon? Yeah. Wait, it says Our Crazy? I didn't it catch that. It says Our yeah. Crazy Almost. Wedding. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Damn, this is a real gem. Which isn't this at all. It's their anniversary. No, it is their 
Is that the anniversary or is this the honeymoon? I couldn't tell. No, it's the honeymoon no, it's, one. Oh. It's, it's them like laughing and then them like, ah, it's like, turn up, stop on with the camera. It's like, hey. <laughs> I thought it was the anniversary. Maybe, right? I don't know. Because like, that's why he got her a present. You don't I give a present on your honeymoon. Really? I mean, you Can do, it. but. <laughs> different guy uh, yeah clearly the prop department didn't know what it was so they put that on um and there's a gun up there as well yeah what happens to that gun Th- that's what you're supposed to think he's killing all these women with oh, later on we'll the video he says that. that he has something planned for her and something he's planned for a long time and then he gives her a cube a long present. time wink and it's a small box <laughs> and then the video feed starts breaking up would you not be averse to all cubic gifts if you were Kirsty Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I might be like, maybe it's a D in a box. <laughs> <laughs> He's just holding it right in front of him. It's <laughs> like, why is it like a horse? I go, okay, I'm boxed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now unwrap it. <laughs> she was ready for you for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like, she looks all happy about it. And it's like, it's obviously. It's probably the same weight and it's the same shape and everything. You don't like, even wrap it in a bigger box. It's just dumb the, the main configuration wrapped. Yeah. She's so stupid. So then he wakes up again because <laughs> there's another knock on the door. <gasps> but this time there's no one there. So he goes for a wonder, which we just have to fucking follow him with. And then when he comes back again to his apartment, his boss is there, Gwen, undressing. Just she meant to have just like knocked, hid, and then crept into his apartment. Yeah, she she's messing with them. So here's where I have a real problem because she's trying to like coerce him into some sexy time. He's sitting down on his chair because like, that's what you do when you want to get someone out of your apartment. <laughs> exactly. It's like, all right, convince me. <laughs> but okay, this is my big big problem with the movie because then she says to him, "Where is it?" Mm-hmm. Clearly meaning the box. And and says you usually have it up and no, running. No, she means the camera. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. Just because they usually film this yeah, stuff. That makes also, sense. Also, it was kind of insinuating, like his or not insinuating, but it was you know his goodies. Because she puts her foot right back. She's like, where is it? You usually have it's it up you. and running. By yeah. <laughs> He's like, like, one minute. I, was I have like, to get Whoa. the box. <laughs> and then she does this, camera. I was like, oh, that's kind of a silly. The, for like 15 years I've always interpreted this scene as her saying the box and that they were using the box for the sexual like fun basically which I always had such a problem with because I was like you don't get to tune in and out of it for BDSM no wonder Pinhead is pissed (laughs) someone keeps coming to my room stop knocking on the door if you don't want me to hello someone keeps using my damn chains and it's sticky in here come in the box (laughs) (laughs) I've been sealed in this box for years literally layers Um, that makes sense then alright the video camera makes much more sense now I love the film I thought it was (laughs) a euphemism there Uh, so she leaves because he's like no I don't want to have sex with you and she's like you gotta be kidding you're not gonna get that promotion again suitable offenses Yeah, that this, numbers promotion. That, no, this, again, it's like I mean, wrote this. You wrote good numbers. You had that big deadline for that meeting <laughs> with the board members. <laughs> Just a bunch of numbers in the room. We were going to make a you partner. <laughs> yeah, number three and number two like you, but number nine's not so sure. <laughs> so then he looks in the video camera that they set up, and he's still in the video with the girl <gasps> making out. On the couch. Oh, and couch, the chair. Chairs are. Uh, thank you for calling me out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I a don't nice want Eames chair. You should be no. careful on those things. It's a collector. Yeah. Well, also, it... that would not be comfortable to probably no. do that. 
kind of if I heard a mountain it's gonna be exercise rocks like, yeah also you could have tipped over and next thing you know you hurt your back and you're never yeah. gonna get a promotion yeah. we'll do that buddy you're gonna be in a wheelchair think ahead man yeah and he waves his hand in front of the camera and which i just i'm just thinking about how many takes they had to do that to like match it with what they'd pre-film uh-huh. <laughs> but oh my god this scene goes on forever because then he starts like zooming in on it and zooming out on it and it just goes on and on I'm and on like, why why just why keep watching it man she's not there you know she's not there where you can watch this film <laughs> and then suddenly cenobites come in and suffocate her so one of the cenobites looks just like the barman from part three he's got like the same like Bob wire. Yeah, right. Bob wire oh, around yes. his face. And then the other one looks like, I don't even know what. It looks weird. Yeah, I was just like, mm. googly eyes. I'm wondering at this point if they're just using old costumes that they got lying around. Maybe a different concept art that they had. They're like, we'll just produce this one. Yeah, I'm just not convinced they built anything for this. Um, particularly if the budget wasn't even big enough for them to be able to pay the main people doing the effects. So then he wakes up again. <laughs> and now he's at the office in front of numbers. <laughs> and his coworker is <laughs> of there. Of course. He says, don't worry, I'm going to hook you up with someone. No, cool. no, his coworker goes, ah, I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Just do nothing. Just pissed off. And he goes, I've just been just going through some weird stuff right now, man. He goes, all right, I'll hook you up, man. <laughs> like, what the fuck, and dude? There's a little lady called Sage. <laughs> yeah. Well, his buddy like, writes down the number like it's some drug dealer. Yep. And then you find out it's just an acupuncturist. <laughs> well, just. She's going to take one look at you and know what to what you need. Know what you need. More pins. Yeah. yeah. I feel like at the end of this scene, do you need notice it in the background? You just hear someone off camera going, has anyone seen Gwen? It's like distant in the office. Oh. That's yeah. when you know she's dead. So Trevor is at Sage's apartment and she just does massages and acupuncture. And she tells him his subconscious is talking to him through his dreams and is trying to tell him something about his waking life. And I don't want to be awake anymore at this point in the film. Yeah. Then he has a flashback to the derelict again, who says, you feel trapped by a wife who suffocates you with forgiveness. And he's like nodding like, yeah, I do, buddy. You get me. Give me the sphere. Totally. So he gives him She's an the orb. the worst. <laughs> he gives him an orb, which he says was created by Le Marchand. So now I guess you understand what the orb is. It's literally right. a nod to the original script. There's nothing more sophisticated with it. They're just like, well, the writer really wanted it to be an orb. We can't do that. It has to be the box. So we'll start it as an orb, and as it rolls, it turns into the box. It would get so much more confusing if this thing was able to roll around. Like, this yeah. puzzle box would be a nightmare. <laughs> yes. If it was, like, rolling around you on things. Roll it along the At floor least as people. a square, it's stationary. Yeah. Also, you wouldn't be able to call it a puzzle box. No. Puzzle give me orb. The, give me the puzzle, puzzle ball. ball. Puzzle ball. Oh, and then someone in the film would probably be like, I got your puzzle ball right here, bitch. <laughs> Um, so Rick Boda, the director, wasn't that keen on the next bit, which is the idea of Pinhead appearing for an acupuncture chart. But Doug Bradley was apparently so amused by the idea that they decided to keep it. He thought it was funny. So yeah, you get this acupuncture map, and then it starts to get pushed against in real life, and you called it out like a Nightmare on Elm Street sort of feel. Well, Nightmare on Elm Street is where Freddy like pushes against the wall. It's like that. What's yeah. the thing in Nightmare on Friday Thirteenth? Like it's when they're in the truck or whatever, and then it's like the metal. Oh, yeah. Like, Against the door. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's happening in all the franchises. And then Pinhead comes stepping out of it, all CGI. Sadly, no X-Men music accompanies. <laughs> no good music accompanies anything. There's not even a trial. I miss the days where Pinhead would turn up and it would be like, Pinhead! I know. Oh, making number yeah. three seem fantastic at this point. Who 
<laughs> That's what happens now. Anytime it comes out, you can just do it for Hellraiser. So he takes out one of his pins and then pisses Trevor through the neck. It also elongates. This pin yeah. gets really hard. Becomes erect. <laughs> so here's another problem that I have. Again, these are things for me that really fuck with Clive Barker's original vision. Because he says to him, which do you find more exhilarating, the pain or the pleasure? Uh, I prefer the pain. And the whole point with Hellraiser thought is that they're one and the same. That the pain and the pleasure are hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And that it's indistinguishable from each other, basically. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like pleasure is like the pain and the, it doesn't make any sense it's like obviously pin is saying i prefer pain to the pleasure it's like he takes pleasure in the pain right but the one in the same so to me it completely fucks completely fucks with that stuff mm. and the music's just horrible here and then he wakes up again i want to read the original script see how many times did they write he wakes <laughs> and then he wakes up i mean he bolts awake and it's detective gibbons mike's Big partner who calls him back to the, to the office again they have no new info, just some more stupid scenes with the more aggressive, sort of the it's bad like a cop. completely oh. overacted bad cop routine. Terribly overacted bad cop. Who says, who literally says the quote, look, you're real smart with numbers. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make it up. Stop it. <laughs> he says, oh. Kirsty had a nice inheritance stashed away, apparently by Frank and Larry, because Frank and Larry had some sizable holdings, apparently. They had a house that was falling down. Did Frank look like someone who had sizable holdings? No, but they both owned that house. That was what was left to them. Sort of one house, like is a, one is house a good is owner. what they're talking about. I'll tell you what, if it was actually, if they don't go with the canon and it was actually in London, then yeah, probably it's worth some good money by now. <laughs> it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, though. It's not in like central London. Yeah. I mean, it was in New York, so, you know, yeah. property was increases it? in New York. Oh, terrible. Trevor's at home watching more clips of him and Kirsty, and he's sitting in the haunted chair. Yeah. You would never get in that chair again. Yeah, it's like know. a shitty apartment. You either have that or the bed. I would sit on the bed or on the floor. Yeah. I would burn that fucking chair. I'd sit in there and be like, mm, maybe there was some creepy goose time. Wink and <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Gotta get it up and running. And then he goes, look, he goes to look at where the centipede creature was opposite. And now there's just a girl getting her boobs out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, peeping. <laughs> Who he the- waves at. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, hello. And she pulls a sheer curtain in front of her with much <laughs> disgust. I wrote How down. How dare you? I wrote down Peeping Tom. This movie is just him with a bunch of women. It, it really, this is just, just a complete male fantasy of just like every woman wants to have sex with me, but she's the only one who gets a top off is the girl who's in the apartment opposite, even though he's actually having sex with somebody's other yeah. girl. You've seen two boobs in this. Where's the other boob? Her and Sage. Oh yeah, for a brief second. Yeah. For a brief second, which is yeah. weird because then she's wearing a bra in the other shot, so I don't think you're meant to. Mm. Uh, but we'll get there in a second. Right, he like pulls a boob out. Then the young girl from down the hallway comes in and starts making out with him, and she just starts undressing as well. Yeah, at this point, I wrote, Are there no other men to have sex with these women? Because they are obviously very. Just him. Like, n- necessary or in need. I mean, again, at least it's Dean Winters and not the guy from last week, because I would not believe uh, the guy from last week. This guy at least is a handsome. Yeah. Guy, so. Whoa, what do you mean you would have believed the guy from last week? He fucking does magic. <laughs> <laughs> you ask for gum and he gives you Coke. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what this guy does. Oh, crunches numbers. Yeah. He's good with good numbers. Good with numbers, man. Every girl needs that. sits in a chair and waits. This guy, 
and Kirsty living in this shitty apartment that looks like a slum. Yeah. Well, there's no fucking way. There's no way. It just looks like a terrible set that's it's left terrible. over from some other production and they just moved in and greased it up for some reason. Uh, but this girl catches her jeans in midair, which is a good little move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really impressive. And then she rips some of her clothes off. And says, tie me up. <laughs> she's like doing it all by herself. I don't know why she really needs him. She's apparently very aroused yeah, by herself. <laughs> and then she keeps the cowboys on, cowboy boots on while they're making out and starting yeah. to go at it. Which yes, she loves that song, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to give him credit if you are just in for all these other callbacks. This is a callback to part three where the girl keeps her cowboy boots on yeah. and she's having sex with, uh, what's his face? Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. is. Then he sees her as a Cenobite that puts a clamp over his mouth and tightens it. So guess what? He wakes up again. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is, and I've written down here, this is exactly yeah, what I gave credit to Inferno for not being, which is mm-hmm. a mess where you can't hold on to anything. Like anything that happens in this, they just keep taken away from you. Yep. I don't. I want to know if this film wins for the most waking ups in a movie ever. Fake up. Fake oh, up. you go go. <laughs> so he wakes up. There's blood everywhere. He finds the girl tied up and killed, and then he goes to the bathroom mirror, and Pinhead appears and just says, "All problems solved." This is such a lazy representation of a murder. Like it was literally just obvious fake. Yep. Bloodless, like you could see almost the handprint where someone just was like splat <laughs> yeah, on her quick, arm quick, quick. Go, go, and like go. across her neck. It was I like, mean, let's get this shot in before lunch, people. <laughs> should be said, these films are shot in like four weeks at this point, which oh, is crazy so tight schedules. But I would just been like, yo, douse me with blood, call it a day. Yeah, but then yeah. You, you just you get blood, smarter with it. So much you blood. You're just using four locations, four weeks, a week in each location. Yeah, you can do much better than this. Yeah. Much better than yeah. this. I'm supposed you. to be dead. I want there to be blood. You know how much blood there is? Like, if someone Especially slit if someone's sh- throat. No, it's but to be you shot them. Oh, if you shot them, there would be so much blood. Because if you took, like, a little cup of, like, it's almost like water, and you dumped it out, you'd be like, oh, that's all I want. But if you do blood, you're just like, what the hell? Yep. There's so much blood. Like, Quentin Tarantino films were like, that's a lot of blood. Yeah, there a is blood. a lot of blood. Don't clean it up. That's time. how it goes. I mean, Mr. Wolf. Mm-hmm. what does Pinhead mean with all problems solved like it's on the card all problems solved it's a lie yeah. I mean I guess on the card it was to coax him in as a lie but why yeah. would he say it now it's false advertising I feel like yeah. someone should probably like sue, sue. yeah, yeah. But, like false advertising you didn't solve any problems you made more problems just not adding up now the girl's he's gone he's not good at math there's no blood Pinhead. so he so decides to go and check on her apartment and she opens the door now can you tell me is she pretending not to really uh, do you, I uh, think were so. they having an affair yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah because she genuinely looks like she doesn't know who the fuck he is pretty much yeah that, at first i was just like what yeah well you there's can just no, tell like, that he's never little, been in her apartment but it's not even a sly little thing i would expect there to be a little like you know glance from her or something that's good directing and some acting you know it's like just something she has some like coy look on her face when she like because her boyfriend or whatever comes up behind her and she kind of lays her head on his chest and she's like yeah what do you want mm. so it's just i don't know i love this boy i, don't really I love care. this boyfriend is <laughs> like you better know who my name yeah he's <laughs> like you know tony you better know me yeah. I'm the huge fucking loser who she dates. <laughs> yeah, which wow, which never happens How does in that real life. Oh, that happens a lot with those. Like, if it, but that that their relationship fits for that location, right? <laughs> yeah, like, tra- so. like just white trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. like, Dean she, Winters. No, I don't know. She would at least be a stripper or something yeah, with a yeah, body like that. Be, yeah. yeah, she'd be doing well on like Dating I don't need like you. Maybe she would, but she would also have like a black eye or something. Oh uh, yeah, yeah for sure. 
Well, you know, it's been a minute, so the detective rings him again to go back to the police station. Ah! And I've just written down, God, I, I really hate this. That's movie. my note, though. That's my note. I wrote, ah! <laughs> so I realized by this point with the, the waking up or the thing, it's like anytime they want a scene to end or they need him yep. to move for no reason, yep. like they're like, he can't be here anymore. We need him over here. They give him a headache. Mm-hmm. And he like, oh, and, and he wakes stumbles up. Into and no, even some of them, he's just stumbling, and then he'll like kind of look up, and he's like, "Oh, I'm here now." Yeah, and it's just what? It's terrible. You got terrible. It's so terrible bad. Writing. It's such lazy writing. This is honestly some of the worst writing I've seen in I don't know how long. Like just terrible. So he hears ah, a detective. Ah, he hears a detective ah, chatting to someone, but then when what I'm going to do next time, somebody's like confronts him, and then you just run away. Oh, I can't just, remember. Oh. Uh, just this headache. I can't. Oh. Yeah, he hears the detective chatting to someone, but when he opens the door, there's no one else there. So the detective asks him about his relationship with Gwen, and then he sees his coworkers there in the police station giving him hush, hush. And then the detective turns around, sees him doing the hush signal, and he just like puts his hand away. Goes, like, I wasn't doing anything. Bye. <laughs> So he just says she was my boss. Um, and now he sees a demon doing origami <laughs> in the shape of a box. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Fuck. With black eyes. Oh, never did I think I'd see Cenobites doing origami. But here we go. I wrote down, this is like a choose your own adventure book where when you die at the end, you can just start back over at the point that you made the bad decision. So you don't start over at the very beginning. You just start over. You're like, oh, Oh, yeah, this is where I talked to that person I should have talked to. I should have talked to the other person. You just start all over again. <laughs> and I was just like, what the fuck is this movie? So we got a flashback again to the derelict. She's asking him, him if he's willing to pay the price for the box and he offers money. And unlike previous films, have been that's the amount I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. He goes, no, that's not the type of price, but you'll know what it means right. later, basically. <laughs> and then he goes back to the hospital. I apologize, the other location. And sees the female doctor. Allison. Yep. I says, oh, good. Like your memories are coming back. Maybe you're not the angel that you thought you were. I don't think he thought he was an angel. No. Send me an angel. So then we're back at his workplace in this endless rotation (laughs) uh, where he talks to his coworker. Can you imagine doing these scenes, Jessica? You know, like, I don't know if people know who are listening to this, but when you shoot a film, you're always battling on people's schedules because if you've got an actor for certain days, you want to make sure you shoot them consecutive days. But then location schedules, because you don't want to come back to a location. And you're always going to put location over an actor normally, because locations are kind of locked and you have them for a temporary amount of time. The actor, you could give them a day off and then bring them back. You're going to have to pay them a bit longer. But they're not going to be as expensive as a location normally. It depends who they are, obviously. Can you imagine the nightmare of this film being in each of these locations? How many scenes are just, all right, now we're going to go to this bit. And at this bit, just act hazy. You're just, you're hazy the whole time. Like, oh, shit. That's yeah. what it would get. They would start giving you direction. And then about halfway through, just, oh, fuck it. Just act woozy and you don't know what's going on. And you're confused. You have a headache. Because that will work for anywhere in a movie. And then if we re-edit this in a different order, still going to work fine. Because <laughs> you just look perplexed. So yeah, the back at his workplace, he's talking to his coworker, and then the detective's just sitting there in his cubicle. Um, and I'm just so like, I'm just so tired. <laughs> I'm really tired by this point. And they say that now they pay, they say that they found a box near the site of the accident. It took them over a month, but hey, they did it. They, they mm-hmm. scoured the area. And it does feel here, this is the only point where I'm like, oh, okay, I think the detective does care for him. I think he is his friend. Because I really couldn't tell. Right. I was really like, 
is he being facetious? Is he trying to trick him? And then at this point, I'm like, oh no, I think he does actually believe him. Well, which is not playing how many of the other scenes are. No. And then the detective, as he's leaving, turns and he's actually Gibbons, the bad detective. Aha! And you're thinking, what? <laughs> and I'm thinking what I wrote down here, which is, God, I really hate this film. <laughs> <laughs> His co-worker now decides that they have to talk because a second ago he really didn't want to talk. No. And now because that bit of the scene's over, he's like, well, now we should talk. He's like, all right, I'll tell you what I said. Terrible writing. He says he quit and he makes notion to a plan that they both had to do with Christie's or Christie, Kirsty's inheritance. So we're getting in first tingles of what really happened here. Uh, you putting it together yet at all? Yes. Yes. Okay. They're back on the bus again. And we got the same sets over and over. And then he rings from the bus to talk to Alison Dormier and it turns out she's not there. So he goes back to his acupuncturist. <laughs> because Sage. Why wouldn't you? And then she just starts stroking his lip out of nowhere yeah. and says, do you trust me implicitly? <laughs> to which you say, no. <laughs> and he's got pins in his stomach yeah. and she's laying on top of I him. I don't trust you because I just met you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. My life has but been my ha- name is Sage. My l- life has been hazy. I don't know where I am. I get a lot of headaches. Why would I just trust you? Got a lot of problems already. Do you think, was this girl a real one in his life who was sleeping with as well? Then do you think he was sleeping with his acupuncturist as well as the girl down the hall as yeah. well guess. as his boss? Yeah. Because well. there yeah. had to be five at the end. Yeah, I, he totally was. And she went after all the women that he was with. This is what I'm saying. Like, so I wrote down here, this whole thing does play out like a Bob Weinstein fantasy, basically. Yeah. But I was like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a Hellraiser movie. Like, get nasty, get sexual, play yeah. out fantasies. But fucking do it well. You know, <laughs> like do some good writing, do some, shoot it well, make it perverse, like really go like into people's dark, like reaches and regret and despair. Yeah, dark reaches. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like, this is the problem. Like you said there, Turn you it on, boot. get it ready. <laughs> I looked up and I was like, okay, I thought I saw a nipple. But then in the next shot, she's just got a bra still on while she's sort of riding him. And, and I was like, like, one boob was out. Yeah. It was like slipped out. It's like a slip. I don't think it was meant to. I mean, the thing was just like he pulled it down and the boob came out and the other side that still wasn't off. I don't know if I've ever seen a film rotate so much around sex and show nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing at all. Not yeah. even a thrust like Frank and Julia in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. The most that happens is him on the chair with Gwen. Yeah. And all that you really get is them like dry humping each other. Yeah. Or mm, I guess there was the like weird bondage one where he like throws it on the table and it just kind of gets crazy. Yeah. But they're just kind of humping as well. There's yeah, dry yeah, humping. Dry hump. They don't have things off. Snow. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, start making out, and then she basic things thinks him. Like getting a nice yeah. pick and just and then he wakes up again in an ambulance this time, new set. And he seems physically fine, and the medic tells him he was riding on the bus and then collapsed out cold. <laughs> He's like, There was a woman and she was having sex with me <laughs> or whatever. Naked, yeah. <laughs> and she like, stabbed me. Don't think that so, buddy. That sounds nicer than what actually happened to you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, no, nah, you just passed on the bus like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were screaming sh- so loud at some guy because of his music. I like, I like this medic goes, do you remember riding on a bus? I'm like, yeah, I fucking remember. Uh, it's been quarter of the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's basically all it's my entire life. people on it every on time. On this fucking bus. Oh, you're about to be M. Night Shyamalan. There is no bus. <laughs> <laughs> the bus is allergic to water. Uh, at the hospital, he asks the male doctor for Allison, but they say they don't know any doctor called Allison Dormer. She's been dead for, for 10 years. 
Uh, so he's, I love it at this point. He's like, oh, I'm fed up with this. He just, <laughs> yeah. he froze a she's like, stay still. Yeah, I can't he's remember like, the phrase. That old lady. Yeah, she says the phrase. He's like, I fucking know. And storms off. And then the best bit is he goes to where Alice's yeah. office has been. And it's just an empty, decayed room with a single cleaner in there cleaning it. Yeah. Like, what happened in that room? <laughs> I think it's just a storage room. And he's like, oh, There's fuck. nothing in it. There's literally nothing in it but him mopping it up. And it's just like, it is out of Silent Hill. It's just decayed and just terrible. It's fucking ridiculous. But again, you can't question it because it's none of it's real. Yeah. yeah. And the best part, the what she also makes me go, if it's not real, then the not the imaginary janitor guy is a hilarious part of his imagination. He's great. He's like, oh. I just you caught me. Just, I want, smoke break. I want, just give me a give me just like a little more puff. Just a more puff, man. It just goes back to smoking. I want him to be played by Robert England from Freddy Krueger. <laughs> I think he'd be brilliant. That would be good. Then Allison does turn up and he talks to her while the cleaner looks at him like still smoking. He's still smoking. <laughs> yeah. And she tells him you can't undo your past and sooner or later you have to confront it. And it frightens her that she can't be there for him when he does. How does this feed into the theme of Inferno? Does that feed in the same theme or is it different take on confronting no, your past? It, feed, feed, kind of feeds into it. Well, there's all the different stages in Inferno. Yeah. So I'm sure... Sh- Inferno, though, they're saying there's no redemption. With this, do we get the sense there is any redemption for him or is it Just like, like acceptance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That you got, you're coming to terms that you're not the angel you think you are. Right. Da, da, da. Right, right, right. Well, because it's like, it's also, I think, deals with the whole when you remember things, you only remember the good things. And he's not able to remember the bad things with him and Kirsty because all of his flashbacks are like good. Yeah, it's like, I was when they were meant boy, to be having all yeah. these problems and he's not remembering any of those problems. Yeah, that's true. Because they're just lying to us. So then we're back on the motherfucking bus again. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's talking to her and then the janitor's like, dude. Yeah, yeah, dude, and then he turns around and goes, "What? <laughs> There's nobody who, there. Who are you talking to? Yep, <laughs> I was there." And then he looks and he goes, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then we get a flashback to Kirsty saying that she knows about Gwen and she knows about the others, and this is in the car just before they crash. And we get a different yeah insight, like you were saying, onto mm-hmm. what really happened. Uh, so he heads back to the warehouse where he got the box, but no one is there. And then Hello. a pinhead appears in the puddle reflection of the room. That's a pretty cool shot. It's all right, except you know that it's just you're just not seeing him actually standing there. Yeah. Well, they do have they've done some removal on feet because yeah. they have a wide where you could see the feet. Or they just use the like a ton of apple boxes and put the black crap, <laughs> and then put the mud where the <laughs> ton of where, apple boxes. <laughs> and they put the mud where the apple boxes would be reflected, and then tilted it. Guys, so it we're gonna like, we're gonna need a ton of apple boxes. Yeah. You see, but there's a bit where he walks into the puddle and you see his feet yeah. on the puddle. So, like, they have to do some room. Yes, apple boxes, if not. He says, <laughs> and Pinhead just says to him, is it so difficult to face your own demons? Because, well, Pinhead does now. He's like a little lecturer. Yeah. He's um, like, I was shepherd. In, now I'm counsel. No, he's basically going, hmm, I had a job as, I had a summer job as a professor of psychology and I quite liked it, so... Well, I have a new profession. I'm no longer the priest, nor Pinhead. I am Professor Pinhead. 
<laughs> I'm not Pinhead. I'm Professor Pinhead, motherfucker. Yeah, and <laughs> school is now in session. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to be getting to that line sooner or later. You know, yeah, he okay, had the same the problem. job for all of eternity. So <laughs> this is a new job for him. Why not? Yeah, it's true. Caretaker. Summer job. This is a problem I have as well. So Trevor thinks that Pinhead kills him all. He's like, you did it. You killed him. And now you're trying to pin it on me. I know. Me. I wrote that down. I wrote pin pun. Very pin good. Pin pun. Very good. But the problem I have here is then Pinhead looks at him and goes, the killer is amongst us. Yes. Which is obviously at that point we're thinking, well, obviously it's you, you nah. fuckhead. It's not <laughs> You though. fuckhead. It's Kirsty. She's the killer. And she's not there but well, maybe she she's is. there she is there you yeah, should she's just hiding around the corner no no literally in the, in the reality car. yeah she's in the reality yeah, but, yeah in an alternate so... reality but but then you know when you say amongst us what you counting all of the world like yeah. if i go yes the killer is no, here because he's <laughs> like, on earth <laughs> he's already just uh laying like this and then when they cut yeah, to it she's Pinnett's standing not like... existing in that world he's but existing... he knows because he's the box is there he's a bullshit <laughs> I don't think he can see what's going on. I think he can. I think, I think he's got a little eyeball pressed I think, <laughs> outside I the think box. Pinhead is with all of us. I don't think it works. It sounds like it's one of those things for me. It just sounds like a good line. Yeah. But it doesn't work. And then he bends in and looks, and then the reflection changes to himself, which is definitely, I feel, meant to say, you are the killer. Or it yes. just goes back to being, this is a fucking puddle, you crazy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's called what I reflection got. dummy when will my reflection show <laughs> who i am inside a pinhead oh, so then he runs out there he runs into his co-worker who now pulls a gun on him and we get the full story where he says we planned to wrote, kill kirsty brett is a crazy fucker he is a crazy fucker uh we killed kirsty he looks like he came off of the hangover or something like yeah. that he's all drugged out like we kill kirsty we make it look like a suicide and we split the money 50 50 but then Trevor apparently went solo with the car crash. So then the guy... <laughs> little dizzy now. Can't predict oh! a tickle fight, man. My God. Can't predict a tickle fight. They weren't actually having a tickle fight. That was all a lie. I know. The tickle was, it was a lie. It was a lie tickle fight. This, this guy, though, then is like, they're going to they're gonna find out about you soon. And then after that, they're going to find out about me. And I'd rather, rather than go to jail, I'd rather see you in hell. So he just blows his head yes. off. I'd rather, instead of dying in jail... I'd rather see you with me in hell. But, but she, didn't, she didn't die because of him. No. And any plans? Sure, he could get like, a, you know, maybe get six months or something for potential plans, you know, to uh, commit. But conspiracy he didn't do anything. Of yeah. a murder. But he didn't do anything. And he wasn't involved in any way with what did happen. He just blows his head off for well, no reason. Well, maybe that's not meant to have really happened. That didn't really happen. Oh, so you're both using the get out clause that the writers have invented know. here. No, no, no. no she, one fucking oh. knows. Because at the end, she, he says she killed them all. No, I know. I know oh. that didn't happen because he's not there. He's not alive after she died. Yeah, again, this is like the, the last one where it was like his guilt and his consciousness made these people. But it's kill. like, after, you have to hold on to something in these scenes. Yeah, it was bullshit. And I can't hold on to anything because even well, they don't also, make any Brent's sense. kind of like <laughs> really inconsistent. He's like, hey, fucker, I wish I could have a sweet job like yours. Oh, hey, man, you should probably go get some uh, Are you going to go cookies. kill your wife yet? <laughs> yeah. In the last scene, when we do see the body spur out of the water, are there seagulls everywhere? Because all through this film, and particularly from this point onwards, there's a lot of seagulls in the sound design. Loads of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is no seagulls, man. It's really, and I kept thinking, is there going to be seagulls at the end? Because there's all the sound of seagulls, and I thought, oh, that was a cool little touch. If we get to the end, and there's seagulls like pecking its body or something. Nothing that I, I noticed. I don't remember it. But they're, they're very audibly seagulls. Exactly. <laughs> then a faceless guy turns up and Trevor runs off with ridiculous squeals about, no, you're not real. Ah, my head. Yeah. 
That was the best part. We need you to go to the next scene, man. Oh, okay. Head, Nick. Ow! <laughs> my, ow, my head! So guess what? Everything's unraveling. You got nowhere to turn to. People think you're a murderer. And your best friend just blew off his head. So where do you go? To the pers- his second psychiatrist. To the acupuncturist. Yep. <laughs> so Sage, can, help me, back Sage. to Sage and finds her dead on the table. And then someone's trying to get him through the door, so... Ice pick is in her head. She's dead. Yeah, in a terrible bit of acting where he's, like, just, like, shaking and twitching. What do I do? What do I do? He goes and grabs the ice pick from her head just as the door opens and the detectives come in to arrest him. It would have been hilarious if he would have, like, put it back in her head. (laughs) I didn't see... I didn't want... I was going to protect myself. I fixed it. I fixed it. (laughs) Why would he gra- uh, why would you grab something out of everybody in person? I would have grabbed like a Fucking chair. Idiot. I would have grabbed the chair. Or just get out or, through the window or hide or something. I would have just stood on the other side of the body and then well, push the bo- push that whole thing into the person. Back at the station, because oh we haven't been there in a while, so the detective gets a call. They found a body in the river and they're bringing it into the morgue now. A month and a half later. Nice cop leaves. Bad cop enters and then cops grab him and he sees a table of, of like murders and sees like all of these murders have actually happened and they're trying to find a killer and there's a gun that ties all of it together. And the girl's boyfriend is screaming at him because she's dead as well. Yeah. And then other police brutalities are happening for no reason. Yeah. I didn't about? get that. I didn't understand that. electrocuted with tasers. And well, I didn't understand and that random shit. Yeah. And then they go down to the morgue, which seems... You know, a level below the basement because they keep going down. So it's in the maintenance room, clearly. Or is it supposed to be like him being resuscitated? That's what the electric thing is. You're giving good credit, my friend. Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) And then we see the heavy metal guy from the bus. He's a cop in the police station as well. And then the cop says to him, I believe you and I have a lot in common. I believe you and I are the sum of two entirely different people. And then he grows a second head like men in black. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, what the fuck? I put slimy cop, slimy cop head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we got the bad cop and the good cop they're part of the same personality he says he's trying to say that trevor's got two personalities it's like all right so is that a deal he's meant to have personality disorder in real life right but then what was with the cop saying he's got two personalities yeah i didn't understand that and it looks terrible oh, yeah, so, it looks bad. so bad oh my god it looks so bad just real bad and i've written down here i hate this movie so much <laughs> So every now and then I just had to write down. All right, there's no artistry and no ambition. What's my problem here with this movie? <sighs> so he gets to the morgue and after using up but some... wait, f- as he's walking away, dude yells, It's all good, Trev! It's all good! You didn't your Matthew McConaughey voice there from <laughs> Texas Chainsaw kind of sad, yeah. So yeah, he gets to the morgue and they use up some of the effects houses leftover props just wait, from other films. Wait, as he's walking there, he sees people in the doorways and one of them is... Does it matter? Just Frank's dad. Uh, Frank. Or not Frank. Her dad. It's her dad sitting what? there with his face gone. Yeah. Curly hair and all that. I did not get that I at didn't all. Get it was like a little quick reference. I no. mean, because all his skin was gone, but it was just his face. How can you tell then? Because it was his hair and his like the, the style of clothes that he wore. I have to look that up later. Yeah. I did not get that like at a, all. You were getting loads of references from this film that I did yeah. not pick up that's on. Like, oh. <laughs> or you're just being much kinder to them than they It was just like. Up. That little like, hey, look at that. Look who's here. Wink. Hmm. Mm. I have to look that one up. I'm not convinced. Or mm-hmm. it was his friend, but it, I'm pretty sure it was her dad because they had the hair and the like the white clothes. shirt and the... Hmm. 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 
So then he gets into the room, he's walking around, he gets to the body, and then cracks start forming in the walls, blood seeps from the ceiling. We're thinking, thank God, we're actually going to Anytime you see light shining through slots in the wall, yeah. guess who coming? Happy, happy. Pinhead. Pinhead appears to close things out for us again. Razor. <laughs> now, I, I've thought this for a while, and I didn't realize what people were involved with this, but he's basically become the crypt keeper at this point. Yes. And it makes sense when you know all these people were heavily involved with Tales of the Crypt for many years. <laughs> But that's basically what he's become. He's just like, yeah. hello, I'm here to close out the story, explain it to anyone who's not paying attention, and then off we can go. Anyone who's about to kill themselves from the end of this movie. Exactly. So he chains up our friend, uh, but all the chains are coming from the floor this time, for yes. the first time. Doesn't look great to me that they're pulling uh, him down. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, it broke through cement, dude. That makes you go, wow, they're really coming out. But I like like the look when it's like pulled in different like. Because you couldn't I rip don't him know, apart there was the one floor. On his, you just pull him into the floor. On his hand, it was really weird looking and looked really painful because it looked like there wasn't slack in it. So if he dropped his arm down, then it was stuck there like it went taut. Right. And then he couldn't get his arm back up. So it was all, there was no like, I, yeah, there's there's no being pulled upwards motion. But at the same time, it's like once you're down, like you're down. Well, no, I, I, look, I thought it looked I thought it good. Cool. I thought the entry points were good. But I just mean, practically, that doesn't work for what they do because they can't rip him apart, which is their signature move, because the pivot point's coming from the same position. Yeah, but then you kind of rip yourself apart because you're like trying not to fall, like go down. And so yeah. you're pulling all could, up all against yourself. All they could do yourself. is a pull him into the cement. He'll stand up, pull him down into cement. He'll stand up. They can't literally like pull him apart. Or they just pull apart. you through well, the like floor. This. Technically, there are like sort of left and right angles. But they were so all even from below. Yeah. But even though it would pull, it's supposed to be like his legs were locked. He was just like, ah, oh, and they pull so fast that the tearing point is his head. I don't sure. know. I He's got a really pointy head, you know. It didn't look right to me. <laughs> didn't look right did to it, me at all. It. Yeah. I put to the news, I got to go. This is all kind of dream. <laughs> yep. So doesn't really matter. No, no, it matters. And <laughs> Pinhead says, you are an interesting study. Lust, greed, deception, all rather mundane. And then a flashback tells how Kirsty basically he's just he's videoing her on the anniversary. He's got this box and then he's just like shouting at her. Like, yeah. Open it. Open the fucking box. Open the fucking box. <laughs> when did he become a dick? Happy anniversary. <laughs> Enjoy the damn present. What the fuck? Slag. She asks she opens it for him. So what the fuck happens after this? Because we know she opens it up before uh, uh, for him. We know then in the car we get flashback to her saying like he said oh I had I a deal and he says I made a better deal with them. So like she opens it for him. We've had the pinhead say before that it's not hands that call us it's desire. Right. So they would go to him rather than her I guess but they're trying to get to her. Then they make a deal with him to get her I guess. But then what, does she open the box again and go and talk to them again to then offer them a deal? I didn't that? think that he made a deal with them. I thought his deal was with his buddy to split the inheritance. Yeah. But I didn't but get that he, he had say, made well, a he deal. He would not say that in a card, of like, I, but I made a deal. It's like, who with your buddy? So who cares? That no, 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 no. He made a deal with a dude who he got the box from. So technically oh, right. he was like, I need this box for my wife. Right. I don't or know. What, wherever the card came from, that's where the setup was. We don't I know where the card came from. He made a deal with but he says it in the car. Pinhead. But I made a deal, and then she says, "But I made a better deal. I gave them a better deal." Is what she says. Yeah, uh, I think it was just. Yeah, I don't know. It was all bullshit. A dream. Doesn't matter. 
<laughs> so Pinhead. Always, let's make a deal with Kirsty Cotton. <laughs> let's Pinhead. make a deal with Professor Pinhead. <laughs> uh, Chatter is there, though. Yeah. yeah. For like half a second. Oh, Justin's like, Jumper, you new person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, just a yeah. weird guy. Someone's got yeah. some big boobs. It's like He's very strange. kind of Butterball-esque, but not really. It's like a female Butterball. Yeah. I think it's meant to be that lady who's sitting down. Oh. But, like, and then Kirsty makes another deal. So this is a scene that there is an alternate version. You can look at it on YouTube. Just type in Kirsty and Pinhead cutscene or whatever, deleted scene. And you'll get it. That's much longer where they do talk more, a bit more about her history. They talk mm-hmm. a bit. He talks about how Frank and Larry are waiting in hell for her um, and all this Share stuff. Share a cup of tea. Here's the problem. Like, this is, you know, a highlight of the film for me because it's Pinhead and Kirsty talking and it's like totally in love with her and it's so stupid because he literally says well he said like there's nothing like all i want is you yeah and i will not rest rest until i get what i want i don't think he does rest but like i will not rest until i get what i want and then she goes wait i haven't let me i've got a deal and then he just goes "Hmm, interesting (laughs) no it's not he's like she always has a deal well there's you know there's things in life it's like you get one thing but he does love a good bargain like she's he's just gone through all of this to get her it's taken him 15 years or whatever and then he's about to finally get her and then she just says i've got a deal and he's was interesting uh, like, he just enjoys playing two well, things he's that like, he you're likes. all that i want and then she's like what of five people for me and he's like sure but you know he also says what? he likes the pain he, he likes does. pain so yeah, he's like I, ah, I don't get her she gave me what I wanted. I do feel, hey. by this point, it does feel a bit like they're in love and he just yeah. likes keeping her he likes around. He likes like, the chase. I know. I think he was like trying to suss her out and he's like, you keep calling me back here. <laughs> yeah. So he does what you say that. Like, you keep calling what, me. What do you want? Like, so the deal is Kirsty's going to kill. She kills the three girls uh, who her husband was cheating on her with. She also kills his co-worker who was conspiring to kill her. And then the last soul is going to be her husband himself. And she shoots him in the car, which is how the crash was caused. Um, and then Pinhead as Trevor's, uh, not Trevor, sorry. Uh, that's the last film. No, it is this film. Yeah, Trevor. As Trevor is figuring it all out, Pinhead has to give another soundbite. So he does a pretty terrible one here, which is, Welcome to the worst nightmare of all, reality. <laughs> and then we see... One of these times he's going to get called and he's going to know it's Kirsty, and he's just going to come in, la, 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 la. And he's just going to have his fingers <laughs> in his ears. You. He's just going to grab her and go back. I'm not listening to your bargaining. You're oh, quiet. Oh, really? <laughs> Two oh, licorice bars <laughs> for your soul. Mm. I will take it. Fair enough. So yeah, Trevor then sees the body is in fact himself. He drowned in the late in the pond thing. He's he been didn't dead drown the whole time. He's just well, been both sitting in the head and drowned. Yeah, could have just drowned though. I don't know why she had to kill him. It was kind of stupid. Well, she wants to make sure. Because that's how they ran off the road. Yeah, also she needs to make it look like... Like he shot himself. Yeah, all right, let's do this, and shall we? She escapes, and then we cut to her crawling out of the river with a towel, telling the detective, oh, he shot himself. Uh, they go, yeah, we found the gun, and it matches immediately. Matches with the gun that we've been looking for for all these other murders that have happened. They don't even want to investigate her, ask her questions, anything. They're just like, oh, you were in the car. Oh, and he shot himself just you conveniently. You poor thing, you're all wet. Which is just fucking ridiculous. Uh, there are much, if you want to kill your husband, there are much easier ways 
to do it without it looking as stupidly like no one in a world is going to believe that oh he's driving and he pulled out a gun and killed himself after killing five people well maybe i don't know because you have this whole idea like him wanting to take you down with him or something she has motive she has means so like all the things that you need to be a suspect she has all of them and instead they just let her wander off and then we get this little scene which shows who everyone was in the film. The doctor was, in fact, a coroner. There's an eel that they were pulling out of his mouth. The female doctor is a crazy, pervy, weird, concerned so coroner. So fucking weird, this lady. Like, <laughs> even the cops that are standing around are like, that lady gives me the creeps. Like, you can just see it. She's just there to make so the script work. So weird. Which is like, don't you want nice people saying nice things? You're like, oh, hey, Trevor, I'm sorry I went away for a second. I'm okay, Trevor, I'll be, I'll see you at the other office. And she's like running away. It's- well, sex later don't worry you'll be fine super yeah she's totally into that then as justin noted his eyeball move yeah. at one point yeah get his clothes up with trevor but i did a- like how a lot of the background people just like the movie stay were the people that were throughout the thing mm-hmm. i like it if there's just any but again it's just like it's the ride hasn't been good enough yeah yeah for for then the twist to make any sense it's like we were saying it's like the twist has to add to the ride not detract from it and all it does is go yeah it wasn't satisfying and then the only hope you had was give me something satisfying at the end and it would be if it meant anything but it doesn't mean anything and even like this female doctor is like she doesn't wouldn't exist you're just writing her in because you wrote a character like that in the film and yep. you now need to put her here somewhere at the end and there are tons of other stuff that don't even exist here at the end that don't make any sense like yeah. there's loads of characters who don't turn up here yeah, I just really hated that Allison Coroner person. Yeah, I'm terrible. sorry I left you. I'm like, what? Sorry, I was leaning back because I was just blown <laughs> away about how much. amazing it was. <laughs> no, I don't like that ending with uh, yeah. Alice in the Corner, how she runs up and goes, I'm sorry I left your body. It just made me really angry. I was disappointed! <laughs> Kirsty then walks off looking all happy and then the detective shows her the box. And then not only does he not want to investigate her or possibly think, hang on, maybe you might be a suspect. He also says, you know what? We're meant to bag this up for evidence, but, but since it was a gift, you can why have don't it. you just have it? So he gives her the lament configuration and then she just walks off and cue credits to sultry, slow end film music. Sexy ending music. Woo! That was a movie. Yeah, it was something. Was it? Was it a movie? But Justin, all right, yeah. buddy, because we get Wait, the end how much of this did movie. This make? How much did it make? Yeah, it's hard to tell because they were straight into DVD. You can't really can't really get box office figures on these. Well, there's no box office. How much did it make so far? I don't know. No, I mean like you literally like those figures aren't rarely made available, so it's hard for me to get. I'll try and see if I can get anything. While I do that, yes. can you please explain then why we got the end of this film and you turned to me and said, "No, it was all right. It was entertaining as how crazy and ridiculous and kind of." I don't know. I, I didn't know what was going to happen until I got to the point where I went, oh, ah. But I liked the ridiculousness of... It was entertaining in the sense of that it wasn't like really, really, really good where you're like, wow, this is very profound and you know the story is on point. It was more like, man, this dude, Brett, his coworker is... What a, what a crazy man. Like, I, w- I would have migraines working with this guy, for sure. Trying to do my numbers. <laughs> <laughs> like, stuff like that made it entertaining, where I was just kind of laughing to myself. And since, uh, and then also, I did like that Pinhead was in this more, though. Though he wasn't, like, spectacular or anything. But he had a little romance scene with uh, Kirstie. Kristen. Kirstie. Kirstie. Yeah, but that wasn't the, that wasn't in it. 
No, I know. I know. But now that I know it's there, maybe you go like, cool. <laughs> no, I would have liked it better if that would have been yeah. in there. But but he still says, I want you. I want you. Right. And I was like, ooh. Mainly because Chomper was in it. That's what made me go like, all right. <laughs> that Seriously. Was, you that got was half a second. That was like when team was like, ah, oh, Chatterer's here. We found your favorite character from the Hellraiser oh. series. And also, just, it was just so funny. The transitions. Every time he had like a headache, he'd go, ah, this headache. And then people would call him out and go, yeah, yeah, this fucking headache shit's getting old, man. Yep. And I'm like, great. This is... Everyone's it speaking is. your mind. Speaking, yeah. But yeah, it was really sloppy. It was just like, we're... There's no... Our rule is there's no rules and you just have to accept it. And I don't necessarily like that where I'm like, okay. They start off with like, okay, there might be a mystery, but then it quickly... Like went away once he woke up like four times in the, or four times getting called into the police office. I was like, oh my fuck, just just stay there for like a good three hours, and all the questions Let's will be answered. Yeah. Out right just now, guys. Hash it out. Also, it took my you guys Uber a month. Account is crazy. You guys are the worst fucking cops ever. Yeah, he had to keep riding the bus there every fucking yeah. time they called them. He's like, I don't have a car like because it's in the bottom in of a film. lake. So yeah, how much. much money did he spend on fucking bus rides and stuff? Also, he didn't do any magic, so it was really disappointing. Right? <laughs> um, I want to give you I was, actually while you were um, while you were doing that, and I was trying to look to see what Gross came back, and you can't get any figures on it. I'm afraid. I accidentally found the original script for this, and I just like looked at that first page to see if they wrote tickling. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they did not. It oh. opens with Kirsty Gooding looking out the passenger window as the trees go whizzing past. She's attractive, late 20s, warmly sophisticated. Something makes her smile. She turns to the driver and thinks real hard as she says, Okay, cubic root of 9,261. Trevor, her husband, late 20s as well. Math. God gave him brains and beauty. He has used them both prodigiously. 21. Why do we have to do this now, Kirsty? Shut up and play, darling. Your turn. And then they have this like math competition going on in the beginning. God, that would Nerds. <laughs> I would be like, please crash the car. <laughs> and they would go, Whoa, this movie's great. Instead, we got better tickle, tickle. crunch those numbers, any yeah. numbers. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh my God. That makes me like this movie even more. Wow. No. Oh, there's some crazy. This script, I'm going to have to read this script. There's some crazy shit in there. I recommend everyone reads the Hellraiser Hellraiser. Why, why don't, script, we, just, why don't we just do a radio play of it? Well, yeah, just a live do. reading. That would be fun. That would be brilliant. Yeah, um, I'm the first time ever reading it as well. No, really. <laughs> yeah, no one gets to read. Want you, one of us reads the narration, and then some people do the characters. But we could probably get the same costume. We should probably, <laughs> probably Holy pretty crap. cheap. Uh, before I got one last fact on this, which I enjoy. Before we get into our opinions. The uncredited co-worker who interrupts Trevor and Brett at the water cooler. Remember that guy? Yeah, the big yeah. guy. Big guy walks over to the vending machine, does a little nod to them. It looks, it looks like the kind of thing we like, oh, it must be like a writer or yeah. a, a producer or something. No, he's referred to by Rick as a $10,000 extra. So labor laws in British Columbia, where they shot, forbid directors or forbade at that time. I don't know if it's the same. Uh, from directly instructing a non-speaking extra. So you're not allowed as a director to directly instruct someone who's a not still speaking extra all orders have to be conveyed via your ad but rick boda at one point told the man directly to play the scene differently and the extra was then due a few thousand dollars in compensation simply because the director directed the wow. non-speaking extra so he recalled him the ten thousand dollar extra from the dang 
Just eat them tater chips. Fucking crazy. And that is how crazy fucking union rules are. Yeah, and that's why directors never talk to backgrounds. They just yeah. go, yeah. thank you guys for coming out. That's yeah. it. Makes me really, it makes me angry, that stuff. It really does. Yeah, the fact that's... that that guy was such a dick as to clearly follow through with it. Right. I would have just been like, no, I wasn't talking to you. Yeah. I was talking to Brian. And I would just I was lit- talking to the fence behind you. I was talking to the actors behind you. <laughs> also, everyone some- back me up. Is there some perfect wording in that where it's like, oh, if a director talks to, I wasn't talking to, I was talking at you. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> oh, shit. That was, actually, that was a great counter you. <laughs> I was talking at you, not specifically not to, to you. you. I can't talk We're to you. We're not conversing. <laughs> <laughs> telling you what the fuck to do. Katie Watson. No. Hellraiser Hellseeker. How are you feeling? Is it better than last week? Worse than last week? What, what are you hoping for somehow next? Somehow worse and not like. <sighs> it reminded me of in the first, yeah, the first one when they piece Frank's face back together. I felt like this was like parts of different stories. And instead of piecing it together, they just threw it at a wall and filmed it. And it made no sense and it made me really upset because I love like ulterior dimension films where things are happening on different planes of existence or um, in different memories or whatever the case may be. And I would have, I was waiting for some really cliche twist ending and that didn't happen. I liked the interaction between Kirstie and Pinhead, but there wasn't enough moments like that to sustain this film at all. Like it was just a really clunky choppy ugly roller coaster ride that i would not recommend <laughs> it was this is a nightmare clive barker likes this one <laughs> i don't i'm sorry clive you were drunk or something <laughs> how what i don't understand is how clive i have really try and think about it, like how clive can prefer this one to inferno or at least like hate i can understand why maybe you can prefer this how you can hate inferno yeah. so much and then actively like this one when it's no. similar I don't feel like you get to be on both sides of the fence with these two. I think you either love or hate both of these. Mm. I do. <laughs> I don't care what you think. I'm just giving my opinion. So. I care what you think, Katie. You, so what do you want to happen after? <sighs> do you want the same kind of movie again? No! <laughs> <laughs> no more detectives. No more. Oh, your face. No. How about a reporter detective? No. Stop it. You, if you don't have a story, you don't have a story. You don't get to have like one person who connects everything together into a cohesive thing. What about thing. a detective with a box? No. Ooh, not any type of box? Or? Just a box and doesn't know what's in it. So I'm, I mean, here's the weird thing. is like when you look at it, look at part three. You could argue part three is further away from the book than this one. But just in the way that they actually, you know, uh, executed the film it's not obviously you know, yeah but at least part three it had the physical pillar of souls it had the you open it bad things happen it had the albeit cliche but standardized guy of i just want to have sex with a bunch of people and that gets me into trouble yeah pin is not really doing bad things to people no <laughs> he doesn't, he he's just, just there like kind of telling everyone what's going on which is not fun and i was really pissed that kirstie t- like come on it was funny like the first three times or whatever that he shows up and he, she's like wait 
And even <laughs> the second one when the female Cenobite is like, no, we're taking her this time. Like, for real, we're right? And then he's like, wait. And she's like, what, really? <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's and why this he had is- to get new subordinates so that they couldn't call him out on it. Yeah, they just like These wouldn't ones let look them at each talk other. at Did all. Did you see that? When he yes. said, and then they look at each other. Oh, she has a, she has a bargain. Ooh, it's he not loves even that bargains. good. If she would have said like 50 souls, mm-hmm. then I would have been like, okay, that now we're getting somewhere. But five? What? He gets like five before breakfast. Like this is so stupid. I didn't like that aspect of it at all. So, and I don't like this counting thing. Why do we have to count things where it's like ten fingers, ten bodies? She doesn't like math, and she doesn't like <laughs> the leads that are good at math. You can do Trevor's job. That's what I'm learning. I could do his job because he just numbers. sits there and acts like he has a headache. I'm crunching the numbers, and the numbers tell me ah, my hair hurts. This is basically what I did in 10th grade at the time this movie was made is I would sit there and go, I have a headache. I have to go home. So you're telling me you want the same thing you wanted last week, but from next week, basically, which is something different. Something that gets something more. good. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't gonna think I'm going to get that it. Bar. I just yeah. want something watchable. Yeah, we'll see. I we'll know. see. I want to go back to funny. Can we just have funny? I will. This one was kind of funny. No, it wasn't. It was like bad funny. You got four stupid. more movies to watch. Normally with the series, like you're going to head on up at some point. Particularly because normally when we do a franchise, you got a remake coming. Mm-hmm. So at least you know there's money coming in again at some point. I will say the money gets wildly less. <laughs> wildly. Fuck. Fuck. The last couple of movies we're talking about under a million dollars. One of them I think is under $500,000. I'm going to shoot myself. There might be some... I mean, that's one for sure that I will say is more fun than anything we're watching. One of them just like chilled or Pinhead's kid as his school play, like reenacting what he thinks his dad does for a job. Because I would watch that. That would be great. Yeah. With that production you know, like value. like the Wes Anderson school play, like Rushmore yeah. style. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. Okay, Katie. Uh, so where is this coming in your rung right now? This is the lowest. The lowest. Yeah. On a downward 2. slope. 2.5. I don't know how much lower we can get you guys. <laughs> So it's getting bad. Justin, I know you gave some of your feelings there, but if you could just quickly sum up with a rough like, where is it coming um, and what do you want now? Um, uh, I say it's given a five. Oh, <laughs> higher than last week. <laughs> yeah. Look at Katie. Because I like that actor. He's kind of like an idiot. He's a vulture <laughs> in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You killed Katie. And also because... <clears throat> Let me read I love you. when we're arguing about you know the depths of five and below. <laughs> Katie's at a two point five now, though. So, I'm trying to find the, the quote that I like. I don't want to hear his quote. <laughs> he liked it. Though. I just watched yeah. it. <laughs> well, anywho, I just did like uh, you know the re- absurdity, and also that chomper, like a full chomper. So, do you want more more of this next week? I then? want more chomper. Okay, just the chomper film. Yeah, chompy. Chatter. I learned about him as a kid before he became chomper. <laughs> yeah, like the life. He, he likes to bite people. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I want so still. I I mean, it was something like kind of different, but not. I still want something different, man. I want something that takes place in different time periods. We had that three different time periods. Yeah, but I want something like different time period where it's like pirates. Oh, it's yeah, pirate, pirates or middle middle medieval night type of peoples or. Orient, China. <laughs> that sounds like money. That's the problem. <laughs> Here's yeah. the thing. It is suffocating. <laughs> when you think about it, it is suffocating how many places you could put Hellraiser into. Because unlike Jason, unlike Chucky, 
You don't have to stay contemporary. You don't have to stay even in the future. You can go anywhere and do anything because it is a spooky mm-hmm. ghost story, really. Like well, it's Jason only lives in one place, so you can't really go yeah, anywhere. But that's my point. It's like with this, it's like you can do the weird one yeah. in the woods. You can do the one yeah, in ancient China. You can do the one like in Egypt. Anywhere you want to. Bioshock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever you want. You can do anything meets Hellraiser. Um, and we'll get to it in our wrap-up. He was at one point going to be in the Freddy vs. Jason film. But it's it's suffocating how they just keep not doing that they keep not doing anything expressive with this and just you know well i say keep we've had two films in a row where they're not going as well i just want a good story like an eternity these two films (laughs) yeah it's not gonna happen you wait guys oh boy all right yeah i this is a fucking horrible film i hate this film so much <laughs> really we didn't get it from the four times that you wrote it I in your notes i don't know i'd try to hide my feelings give it a five for this one i don't know how to hide my 7. feelings on 7.4 people, uh, people 4. have 6. i watch a lot of bad horror franchises and i recognize they're bad and i from doing these series i learn kind of okay why i might enjoy certain ones and what's fun with them why like all the friday 13 films are kind of fun to watch even though they're all terrible they're terrible whoa but whoa but they have like these things that you know what reason why you'll enjoy them you know these films he rides in on a school bus that's on <laughs> fire jason does yeah he also slashed- what did this film do but that's what i'm Gave saying you a he also that's exactly jumps through walls that are exactly made out of what i'm wood. saying is that, that they drywall they have fun with it and they do interesting things even within the limited scope of where they can set it and what they can do with the characters and all this stuff hellraiser you could do anything with and it's you do nothing with it. It's just like this film. So I, as <sighs> people know, I really enjoyed Inferno. I really do. It's one of my favorites in series. Has a lot of problems. This film's Inferno, but done with all the all the things that I commended Inferno about. This is doing the opposite of the one thing this has. Okay, now it's three things, and this is my problem. I wish there was some way to take the few good little elements from this and magic mix them into Inferno to create the film that both yeah. of these should be if you put them together. And here's what they are. My only things that I like about this. The lead character is likable enough at the beginning. I don't think either of these actors should really be the actor in the film. He's acceptable. They're both too TV, you know, too TV-like. But to have a likable character is a better way to start Inferno. Kirsty is in this. I love that she's returned. It gives some continuation yep. to stuff. I think she's actually pretty decent in it. Um, and we get a little bit of a playoff with Pinhead. Yes, it's got a stupid revelation at the end of it, but it's still something at least. I kind of like the puddle reflection shot of Pinhead. You're right. That is it for me in this movie. They're literally the only three things that I can give any you type like of pause chomper? to. Sure. But it's like two seconds. You blink and you miss Chatter. If wow. there was any way you could fucking just like get um, this more likable character into Inferno and put Kirsty in there as his wife even or something who's you know whatever just something that she doesn't know about the box that he's at in and then at the end you know when they're in the pillar Pinhead's like confronting her as well or something like there's a way yeah. to mix it all together into a film that would be really cool and really satisfying as the one-off mindfuck Hellraiser film yeah and instead, we have these two disparate ones. Inferno has enough in there that I like it because I think the director has talent. My problem with this, I don't see any creativity. They stole so much from the last one, and then I don't think they do it in the right way. And I just can't believe a director who's been a DP most of his life, and DP'd some all right looking films, can make something look as ugly as this film looks. I think this film looks terrible. I think the camera work is terrible then the acting and script is terrible and just the story structure which again the structure of inferno is fine with the structure here is awful 
It's just an endless cycle. Well, you don't like of, the revisits of the... Just go back and go back, back and back, back and back and back. Jump, jump forth every... The, you don't like the headache transitions? This is it. This is it for me. And I rarely get to this point in a horror franchise where I am, where most people are with most horror franchises from the beginning, where I'm just like, this is fucking terrible. And I can't, I can't fathom any more films like this. You don't this. like the part where you ate a pie? <laughs> that was a good part, right? Yeah, eating the pie was probably the highlight. I do have a headache. I'm like, ah, my head hurts from watching this. Oh, man. So, it yeah, hurts I would, what I think. I'm giving this one, like, for, probably even lower than Katie. I think it's a fucking abysmal. I think it's so much worse than last week. Um, I think it's, yeah, easily a two, but Damn. maybe even lower. So, you're saying it? I, I just, I kept it with aspirations it of it in case being what's happening later. things are going to get worse, so I need to give room we'll to see. go. I will say, for me, so far, this is definitely my least favorite in the series. I just kind of clump them all in the same number. Like, if they're really good, then <laughs> they'll get out of that this, this man. You don't have to go back and rewatch these. I you will, and I'll, re- and I'll re- like, number them. Yeah, I was just, even a I'm little drunk like, on Dayquil when I watched this, and I'm still, like, hated it, <laughs> which says something. Because normally yeah. I'll get through pretty much anything when I'm in, like, my haze. I feel, like, cold. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll put the real numbers later. This is like without comparing them to the others, just like solely. When, yeah. when I put them in the final, I'll give them their final score. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, we have the rights to readjusting this completely. This could end up number one by the end of the wrap up. Oh, what, it will. It'll be me? like a chess.com for game of the year. I will say, I go back to these films a lot, like all horror franchises. This is, I think, the last time I will ever see this movie. Ever? ever? ever oh, I did notice in his apartment that there are no hands on his clock, which I thought was cool. Oh, that's a nice touch. I feel I like forgot. that was... All right, there are four little things in this. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I was like, also, all right, I agree. But then later, when you see the clocks in all the other places, they're working. And I was like... <laughs> or they just didn't... That said, they were like, dude, there's too many days and nights. Let's just remove the hands so that way we don't have to worry about continuity. <laughs> Well, that's what it's meant to be. In his apartment is, he's in... Hey, no, no, it's an easier trip for the show. I don't care. They just didn't want to worry about the continuity. If you want to support these podcasts, because we do them for free, it, they cost money, and they take time and, and souls. Effort, and sanity. Uh, these and broken songs. shells of people in front of me right now. Uh, then please, please go to You week. liked it. Please go to We Geeks on your iTunes or on your Podbean. Still on that last week. Are on your SoundCloud and follow us. Please subscribe because it really helps out. It'll take you 30 seconds. It really will. Just to go on iTunes and just give us a uh, little subscription or to give us a little star rating or a comment. Um, and it helps us out massively. Uh, go to weirdgeeks.com where you can patch out to all of that as well as the social medias as well as our Twitch channel which has got some very cool content coming in about a month's time so just subscribe there to future-proof yourself toward it. You can also get all our old podcasts and doing Friday 13th, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Child's Play, Danny Boyle and other things too. Star Wars. I keep forgetting them. Did the mm-hmm. entire Star Wars franchise. That's all there on the Weird Geeks uh, channel. And what else is there? A sort of bi-weekly, uh, bi-weekly, bi-monthly. Is that right? Every other week? Yeah. Yeah. A uh, podcast that goes up about video games and uh, movies and just stuff that's happening right now. Also on weirdgeeks.com, you can email us directly or just type in mail at weirdgeeks.com. Mail at weirdgeeks.com. And through Weird Geeks, you can also tap through to We Are Tessellate. They are a publisher and they're a production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo, uh, making feature films, making shorts, making music videos, making music. 
And we have our first feature film called Starfish, which I wrote and directed. Starfish! And we will be talking about that and and presumably, mm-hmm. hopefully one day someone will do a podcast and rip my film to shreds and say how terrible it is and we'll see. Yeah, do it! <laughs> Hi, it's me, Jim Caviezel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know Jim Caviezel, the actor Jim who, Caviezel. who is the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh yeah. Oh, plays, oh Jesus. He's Jesus. Yeah. Count of Monte Cristo is a better film. Yeah, well, yeah but yeah. he's Jesus. Yeah. I don't know why I started off with that. I was like, uh, I was gonna say Jim Bean. I was like, the alcohol. And the next was Caviezel. I could have went with like any fake name, wow. but I'm on all the social medias and on Xbox as Mr. Al White. M R Al White. Katie Watson. Um, I'm on Instagram as my dearest Watson. I T S R A D L E Y. Uh, Twitch, Instagram, Face, Instagram, whatever. It's real. Just Google me and you'll find me. And you can all join me and these two clowns next Friday when we'll Burr. be tackling Hellraiser Deader, which came out in 2005. And I've got some, I mean, maybe good, maybe bad news for you guys. The next two films. Don't make be, me impale myself on They're going to be directed by the same guy. Oh, my head, it hurts. Headaches. Wait, do you think he had the headaches? Because, like, Kirsty. Now I can't say it. Kirsty. Kirsty. Kirsty, right? Kirsty. Kirsty. You said the other name, and now it's stuck in my head. Kirsty. Kirsty. It's like so much more work. Do you think she. No matter how she's like, my head hurts when I think. Do you think that's. He got that from her? They're like, oh, well, she's here. Kirsty's here. And she used to say that. How about you get headaches now? I think it was from dying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's from oh, having an open head so. An open head wound. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. It was geeks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Hellraiser.